Hey everybody, welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 243. It's your first Begging Boardcast of the new year. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out January 7th, 2015. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week... Or should I say this year? Eh? Eh? Uh-huh. Eh. It's our annual look forward. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the stuff we're looking forward to in the wonderful year 2015. Last episode was our look back at 2014, so hey, why not take a look forward at some of the comic book characters, movies, uh, video games, and celebrities dying that we're looking forward to. <laughs> there's there's no easy way to like segue into that one. So, no. You no. know. Uh, but one of my favorite things about this time of year is when we ask our listeners to draw and send in our favorite Paul moments from oh. over the year. And uh, we got some here. They're applaudable Paul yeah. moments. Oh, gosh. Uh, th- <laughs> this one's great. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is Paul in Canada. Because they drew a maple leaf in the sky like the sun. Oh, okay. And he's making some of those rock formations that they have up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, you know, wow. those things. Uh, Paul was really interested to know if Jeff Lemire, when he was writing Justice League uh, United, United. Yep. was going to touch upon these rock formations in Canada. Mm-hmm. Did, Did he? he? No. Oh, yeah, because that would have been fucking dumb. <laughs> Just, no. I, since, since I'm not there, I can't see it. Um, We're going to get these put up on the uh, Instagram and the Facebook, so you, our listener, can see them as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, does Paul look disappointed in the picture? No, he's kind of happy looking. I'm, I'm okay. setting him up. Be, he's he's making the rock formations. One. He's making them. Uh, and this is another great one. This is Paul. He's riding a rocket uh-huh. from Earth to Mars. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> that's the way I would want to go. That's how I'd want to go. Because Paul, we found out that Paul loves to go to Mars. He'd love to do it. He yeah. wants to do it. Uh, is Taylor Swift with him? Me and 900,000 nope, other people. He's riding the rocket like a horse, and his hands are up in the air. And I'm going, wee! Yeah, he's, and he's got a big smile on his face. The only thing about these two photos so far are pictures. Uh, they're not no, photos. They're photos. <laughs> it's all happened. <laughs> it's all happened. And Cran. It's a very interesting Instagram filter they used. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I'm wearing a yellow shirt. I don't think I own a yellow shirt. Mm. Yeah, that's nope, interesting. Don't you have a Sabres hoodie that's yellow? It's mostly blue. Well, you know, most people don't see you when they yeah. draw these. Yeah, that's true. Now, this is a really interesting one. Now, this... <laughs> we'll see that one we're talking about. This one, uh, I think Paul's dressed up as Peter Pan. Uh-huh. And he's murdered a fairy, <laughs> and he's cut off its <laughs> wing, and he's going to burn it in a fire, it looks like. A fairy wings. Uh, I, I, How many fairy wings would you give it, Paul? Uh, uh, that, out of that, I would give it uh, one fairy wing because that's all that's left. That's all that's left. Because cause you murdered that fairy. Like her tongue's sticking out. Uh, I can click, uh, quickly resurrect that fairy, though. And they gave you a really big nose, Paul. I clap my hands and the fairy comes back yeah. to life. That or, or, you know, sometimes they, you have to say, I do believe in fairies. I do believe in fairies. I do, I do, I yeah. do. That one's, that one's kind of, yeah. Yeah, that one's kind of fair, fairy winks. Because, uh, Paul asked how many fairy winks. Wig, wings. Wings. Yes. That, uh, Chris would give Maleficent. Yep. 
And I thought he said furry winks. I did too. Sense. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, we continued to use it and Paul really didn't like it. No. Oh. He hated that. No, that was a side conversation off the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His wife you, you told us. <laughs> really annoying. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're killing fairies and burning their wings. Yeah, because I need those to write and review movies. Dressed up as Peter Pan. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> no, it's kind of like how you get into camouflage uh-huh. when you go to shoot woodland creatures, <laughs> right? The only way to earn the trust and respect of fairies is to dress like Peter Pan. And then they're like, oh, I can be totally near this guy. And that's when you, that's how you capture him. That's how you get him. That's how you do it. You have to be dressed as Peter Pan or Link. And honestly, it's kind of the the same, same. except for the hat. Uh, so thank you guys for sending those in. Every year we like it. Um, we did, we started this the first year when Paul threw up on the podcast. And uh, those were some great pictures. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody drew you as Godzilla, and you were spraying vomit all over Tokyo. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Yeah. That was one with me walking hand in hand with a pile of vomit. That was good. <laughs> you guys are best friends. Mm-hmm. There was such a happy son in that picture, yeah. too. I think that's still in Paul's room. Or, <laughs> or sorry, the studio. The studio. Yeah. Uh, Last year, somebody made that really clever Paul mask. Yep. yep. That was a good one. Really large nose on that, too. <laughs> I, I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. Well, to everyone that submitted a picture, uh, cheers to you. Yeah. And if you haven't, if you didn't get it in, you know, put it up on Instagram, uh, hashtag bag and board, or uh, put it up on the, the Facebook. Just comment on the... Uh, on the story below. On... Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are fun. Look how happy you are on that I'll rocket, put them though, Paul. I'll put them all up on the website, too. We'll yeah. create like a, mm-hmm. like a so page for oh, I'm so happy there. Yeah. I'm going Ooh. to Mars. Mars. It's a red planet. Mm-hmm. Look at that Earth. Yeah. You, you know, and we'll see those on the Facebook story, you know, or on the website. You know, and that'll be a story. That'll be like news people can read. Yeah. What other news might we have uh, that's happened this week? Uh, this well, w- I want to I want to hear what new beer you guys are drinking. Oh first. my gosh, we haven't yeah. even done a beer that's, review. I was trying to segue it over, and I was like, "Hey, cheers to you!" Ah, oh, cheers! Oh, didn't catch it. These yeah. are some uh, beers brought to us by uh, my girlfriend, who brought them back from her trip. This is from uh, Terrapin Beer Company. Uh, we're starting off with their chocolate milk stout. Moohoo. Um, this is a very mellow. Oh, I get it, because it's like Yoohoo, but it's a milk stout. Yeah, yeah. chocolate milk stout. I, mean, I follow, yeah. Mmm. Uh, very mild. You get some nice chocolate. Very smooth. Very little carbonation to it. Um, it's enjoyable. I would have it again. I wouldn't probably actively look for it, but if it came around, yeah. I would drink it. Uh, this quote-unquote girlfriend uh, that brought us this, you've been dating her since, I'm guessing, November 6th, right? No. 2014? Uh, July, no, June 16th. Then I have one question. Why did it take her so long to rate us and review us on the iTunes? Because <laughs> um, she was waiting till she actually enjoyed the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> Zing. But I enjoy this beer, and I thank her for bringing it yes. to us. And for the rating and review that she left on iTunes. Exactly. Uh, Chris, what do you have in front of you? Uh, 
For me, I have a beer from Clown Shoes. I've kind of been stuck on them for the past couple of days because I had uh, two of their beers actually out on uh, New Year's Eve. So when I went to the store today, I looked to grab something from them just because I've had stuff from them before and I couldn't remember if I really liked it or not. So I was like, hey, you know what? Why not dip my toe back into that? And from the past couple offerings I've had, I feel like I need to explore them a little bit more. Oh, wow. Um, and the one that's really doing it for me right now is the uh, Blakehorn Unidragon, Russian Imperial Russian Imperial mm. Stout. And if it sounds like I'm slurring my speech, it's because I have almost drank an entire bomber of this by myself, and it is 11.5%. Oof. Yeah. Um, I poured it out when we were uh, doing our pre-show like setup stuff, and now that I'm on my final glass of it, I'm looking at this, I'm like, this goes on way too quick, way too smooth. It's got a really nice malt on it, nice smokiness that you want from a uh, imperial stout. Not a lot of alcohol burn, uh, which definitely helps you drink a lot of this really quick. Um, I'm kind of worried for the rest of the night now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just take it easy. Go a little slower. Drink some water but, in between. But it's it's really good. Uh what really sold this one to me was the label, because it's a hybrid creature. It is a unicorn dragon, mm. and this beer is called Blakehorn Unicorn, uh, Unidragon, because they couldn't decide what to call the beer itself, uh, Black Unicorn or Soul Dragon, so they combined it into one ultimate mythical creature, mm. the Blakehorn Unidragon. Um, Clown Shoes is one of those ones that I had had them on tap and really liked them, but our offering in bottle out here is really limited, um, so I usually pass them over, but we actually have a bottle, um, a double IPA in our cellar right now from them, which we are going to drink in the next couple of weeks. Um, the one that I had the other night that I was like, okay, I need to get, you know, back on board with Clown Shoes was their pecan pie porter. Ooh. Which nice. was fantastic. It was a nice little sweetness, still kind of nutty, but nice full body. Like mm-hmm. when I had that, I was like, all right, I, I need more of this beer. Like, oh, I think oh. I put that at like a 4.5 on a, Oh wow. That's on taps. Yeah. Like, I for loved you. It. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. It's a beer I'm looking out for from now on. Hmm. But you know what? I'm always on the lookout for news. Uh, are you on the lookout for a good bargain? You know, oh, like why are saving like, games on sale? like saving fifty bucks. Oh yeah, especially yeah. if it was on the uh, expensive piece of entertainment hardware, software. right? Hardware. Like uh, hardware, like uh, the Xbox One. Well, guess what? Uh, that exactly. holiday sale was a sale. Uh, now you can buy the Xbox One for uh, you know, the original price of four hundred dollars. So it was a promote limited time promotion. I know, John, you said, Paul, do you really think they're going to increase the price? And I think I said something kind of cagey, like, no, they won't increase the price. They'll just go back to offering it at its uh, already low rate of $400 or $399. I really thought they were going to keep that price going and say, like, because then you say, like, Xbox One, now at, you know, this price or this for the Connect. Um. Yeah, you know, actually, with with that price going back up, 
you know, when Easter comes rolling around, mm-hmm. they might drop the price again. And then people are like, well, we got to get it now that it's, you know, it's at a discounted price. And you might see a big purchasing thing during Easter when, you know, if people are going to be buying it for their kids for Easter. Dude. I'm Okay. People get gifts I'm, for Easter. I'm people, so people confused. I'm, wow, I did not know that. <clears throat> I got candy for Easter. Yeah, but Paul, you also didn't get presents for your birthday. I got a present for my birthday. I'm just joking. I, well, we didn't have a birthday party where I invited all my friends over and yeah. stuff like that, but I got a birthday present. <laughs> I was just teasing you. Hey, birthday present. Hey, yeah. birthday present. And you're allowed one friend over. Yeah, for dinner, but we didn't say it was my for my you, birthday. You didn't tell them it was your birthday. It was a yeah, secret. It's a secret. Because my parents felt bad that they didn't want to have other parents buy me a present, you know. Because it's... It is a scam. It is a whole scam to throw a birthday party for a little kid, and oh, then yeah. and then be like, "Oh yeah, no, bring uh, bring Junior a gift." Uh, you give him a gift, and you have free daycare for an afternoon. <laughs> and the kid gets cake. He runs around, and then that kid is coming off his sugar high, and he's tired. And then you just throw him in bed and lock him away for the rest of the night. I, I still think it's a scam. I don't, all I know, oh, it totally is. when I was little, Bobby Smith, who was like mm-hmm. the biggest Hellraiser, who had a hot mom, would give the awesomest gifts. Like he'd, I'd get like GI Joe vehicles from wow. him, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yeah, Bobby Smith's got to come. He's gonna wreck havoc, but I'm gonna get an awesome gift." All right, so here's the plan, guys. <laughs> Everything you want, write it down on a piece of paper. Go adopt a baby. I, I don't care, like where you. Go go steal a baby. It's fine. They probably have a terrible parent anyways. You'll be doing them a favor. Uh, that's now your baby. Make up a birth date. Invite all that baby's little, like, stolen baby friends, because, you know, everyone's going to be doing this now. Uh, get whatever you want using that baby. And then when you're done, just... Return the baby? Oh, they, they found the baby. It was... It was lost in a Walmart. This sounds like a horrible idea, Chris. And we uh, no, it's a great idea. We should get this co- Paul, podcast. Can you, you get everything you want? Can you do a podcast from prison? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get everything you want. Their Wi-Fi the isn't so good. A taste of the sweet life. <laughs> you know, like not having a terrible parent, and then like being a silent partner on a podcast because you know they're not going to be that silent on podcasts, sir. Uh, anyways, I, I, I think it's a great idea. Xbox is offering its great we'll, we'll value. See, we'll see what you guys are saying when I'm playing my new Xbox <laughs> One because I'm inviting rich baby friends yeah. to stolen baby's birthday. <laughs> that's, that's just its name now. It's the best way to go. For, for it's a great value price for its for its a value driven price of three hundred and ninety nine dollars. It's still not a terrible price, but. I was kind of it's almost a year old. The system, right? Yeah, it's a year old now. Well, this holiday season, it came out last year. I, yeah. I wonder how much of the <clears throat> price decision has to do with the recent attacks to on Sony and uh, Xbox Live too, because they both did go down at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Xbox Live was back up within the day. Sony was down for I think like four days. Like you couldn't get onto. Uh, any Sony online. Mm-hmm. The uh, strangely enough, 
FBI is claims that they will be looking into uh, the hack on both Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. Um, uh, they might their reach may be limited, um, but because uh, the people that attacked it, Lizard Squad, has uh, members uh, around the world, but they are looking for any uh, any of the Lizard Squad members uh, within the United States. I think this is what, like, the third time that the PlayStation Network's been taken down due to a hacking yeah. attack. And this is, I think, probably, like, one of the first actual times for Xbox Live. Xbox Live back up within the day. Sony seems to struggle with this. And I, I think this is a great sell for Microsoft. Like, hey, we don't get hacked. If we do, don't worry. You, you can still play your, your games. Stuff's back play all on. your stuff within a day. I don't know why Sony just <clears throat> constantly has problems with this. And shouldn't they have fixed this by now? Because it's been going on for years. I mean, not consistent mm-hmm. attacks where that takes them off, but it's enough that any time it happens, it's like, well, there we go again. Here we are again. <laughs> yeah, and it does stink for, like, where you just can't play a game because it can't yeah, connect yeah. to the... You have server. To, you have to be like Titanfall, which is always online. You know, which yeah. is an always online game, and that was the main criticism of Xbox One before it came out. Was like, oh, it always has to be online, and oh, you got to call into the server to make sure you have a legitimate new copy and all this other stuff. So, well, Destiny is another one too. Like, mm-hmm. people are really digging on that game. It it's all online only. Like, it's an MMO, and they had like a. Uh, a Destiny bundle, too. Mm-hmm. How crappy would it be, you know, opening up that system Christmas Day, trying to play that, and it's like, sorry, you can't. You can't do Your it. Your system is basically a, a box of rocks right now. That was everybody. And that Destiny game looks really good. It does. You know what? It looks really good. Uh, Marvel movies. Marvel movies. Hey. Uh, well, you know what looks even teasers? better? When you can actually see them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they read. They gave out a ant. Okay, so Ant Man gave away a teaser for the teaser trailer. Uh, ant sized? Did they say it was? Yes. Yep. It was. It was ant sized, so you could not see anything. And this kind of reminded me of back when on Aquatine Adult Swim, mm-hmm. they showed the Aquatine Hunger Force movie for free in the bottom corner of the screen, but it was like the size of a quarter, so you couldn't see any of it. Yeah, and no audio, right? No. no audio, but it was there. Uh, so people have been wondering for a while now when we'd be getting our first actual glimpse at Ant-Man. And it happened. And luckily enough for us, Marvel Entertainment released the actual teaser trailer for Human Eyes the other day. You can see that at the Marvel Entertainment YouTube channel or, hey, right over on the Bagging Board Facebook. Go check that out. Uh, and you still don't uh, get to see Ant-Man. You'll probably have to wait till you get the... You see the costume like mm-hmm. for a split second, and then you see, and then you see the back of his legs running. Mm-hmm. Like it, this is such a teaser trailer, but no, it's a teaser for the teaser trailer it's, that's coming out well, with a, uh, Agent Carter. Agent Carter next week, uh, or actually this week, Tuesday yeah. is it? M- Monday or Tuesday? I think the seventh. So what's today? S- seventh is Wednesday. No, oh, so not, okay. no, or yeah, it's so it's, six. It's, so Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Um, um, it's well as a teaser for the teaser. It did its job. Like 
I've been very excited for this movie for a while now. I've been wanting to see something else besides what we've already gotten a glimpse of. This is this has got me excited, not just for Agent Carter, but a little bit more for the movie because this has kind of been like the dark horse of the Marvel movies. I think even more so than Guardians of the Galaxy because it's just been through so much. So having this actually happen, having Marvel starting to start that hype machine on it now, mm-hmm. I'm excited. And again, it's I mean. <clears throat> Definitely a dark course for them because also the kind of creative team that was the whole thing of like Ant-Man by Edgar Wright, you know, is no longer a part of it. And that happened after production had begun. So you kind of had to scramble and get people in to then fix script to make things exactly how they wanted. So it this makes me a little bit worried for the powerhouse that is Marvel. You know, if they're going to fumble with anything, I think it's going to be this film. I I still have faith in them. Like I have faith, I, but I just think this might be a little bit of a dip for them. I, I put up an article about this, like, a couple months ago over on bagboard.com, and it's one of those, like, everyone's waiting for them to trip and fall. And every single movie they put out is their, like, stumbling block moment until people see it, and then they're like... Oh my god, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I have complete faith in uh, Marvel. Uh, I, you know, in, before Guardians but, of the Galaxy came out, I said, if they can pull this off, then I can no longer doubt Marvel. So, right now, Ant-Man, sure, it'll work. <laughs> it, it will. Groot worked. And, People came out saying, I am Groot, and loving it. Like, yeah. there's Ant-Man is an easier sale than Groot. I, I think so too. Especially like, who doesn't like Paul Rudd? I've had no lie, Man three conversations over the past four days about Paul Rudd with people, and they did not stem from Ant Man at all. It's people just like talking about Paul Rudd. Yeah, I can I can see that. He's such an easygoing guy on all the interviews I've ever. Whenever he's promoting a movie, he's all like, he's always like, oh yeah, 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 that movie's it was fun to do. Yeah, it's great. No, but what's going yeah. on with you? <laughs> like, he's, like, just kind of there. And just, he seems like the guy next door that's just, oh, right, I am kind of famous and I do these movies. Yeah. And that's always kind of, like, second part to him. Like, he came out with t-shirt cannons during the during the role models. And he's, like, he just shot t-shirt cannon, you know, t-shirts out into the audience being, like, when he was promoting the Rome Models movie, and he's like, and he probably had a giant s- smile on his yeah, face because he's yeah. like, I'm shooting T-shirts at yeah. people. This is <laughs> great. Just, he uh, just seems like he has a lot of fun with it, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is good. Which Paul one am Rudd. I talking about? Yeah, Paul Rome Models is actually uh, Lexi's pass. Like, oh really? Okay. That's her like celebrity crush. That if she gets the chance, it's like okay, like. I don't have a problem with well, it. He's like, not, not only that, but you asked, can I watch? <laughs> yeah, I was like. Can I can I hang you out with him afterwards? Like? I don't. Uh, yeah, you could hang out with him afterwards, and he'll just tell you everything that happened. Yeah, I think he would. I think he would break it down like, for you. Oh man, he'd be oh, like, "You have a good man. one there." Give you a high five. You know, she really seemed a little hesitant, but then was I smiled, and she was like, "Okay, Paul <laughs> Rudd, you're so charming." <laughs> All right, <laughs> I think we've had enough of this Paul Rudd talk. 
we're all, we all, got, we're all, we're all got like little stars in our eyes about Paul Rudd. Now we're all thinking about sleeping with Paul Rudd, and it's getting a little thing. awkward. That guy's like like in his forties, and he still looks like a young man. I know. Yeah, I, I like the movie. Uh, this is forty because of him, and he's an asshole in that movie. Yet you still find a reason to root for him. He's, he's still likable. He, no yeah. matter what, he's likable. So, Way to go, Paul Rudd. You're, you're the bang board star of the year. So, um, <laughs> the teaser trailer for Ant-Man is not the only teaser trailer that they teased this week for a teaser trailer talking, coming out. Are you talking about Avengers? Yes. Uh, okay. During the college championship game, sports guys, sports, sports. Oh, on uh, January 12th, Leave. which will be played versus Ohio, the Ohio State and uh, Oregon. The Ducks. Ooh. The Oregon Ducks. Quack. Uh, Sponsored by Nike. Quack. Uh, No, wrong Ducks. (laughs) Oh. Wrong sport. I was going to do my knuckle puck. No. Wrong. College football. Not not Disney hockey. Uh, This is uh, January 12th. They went to the Olympics. They did. Okay. They played Russia. No, Iceland. They played Iceland. Jeepers. You're going to come at me with fake sports and still not get the fake sports right? Quack. Quack. Get home. Go home. Go home. Get home. Get home. You go. You get out of here. Get Those home. Are, they're like, they're watch, on Netflix right now. Watch the uh, college football playoff natural, national championship on ESPN at starting at 8.30 to see the new trailer for Avengers Age of Ultron. I'm just going to wait like two minutes after that when it's up online. I, I'm excited. You could for enjoy this a really good game uh, between the Ohio State and Oregon Ducks. Mm. Quack. No. Quack. I'm Wrong. really, I'm really looking forward to this teaser trailer. Like the footage that they've released so far is really cool. And then on the Guardians of the Galaxy DVD, they kind of have like a sneak peek behind the scenes and they show off a little bit more of like the actors actually doing something that's behind the scenes. Uh, a lot of Scarlet Witch, a lot of Quicksilver stuff, and I'm kind of surprised they were showing off. And that just made me even more excited for it, because they're finally acknowledging a little bit more about these characters, and we're going to be getting into like a much, much bigger Marvel Universe soon. And they're teasing it over on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm just waiting for so much more, especially because... Have you guys seen where maybe Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are in humans? Uh, yeah, they they were called miracles, so and I kind of wouldn't doubt that's how they're going to have to do it. Yeah, everything's going to be mm-hmm. in humans with that with with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right? Are you okay with that, or would you rather have them be like science experiments or actual magic, which would tie into like Doctor Strange, maybe? Um, I'm actually really good with it because I know like one of the things with the Fox Marvel thing with using these characters is they couldn't refer to them as mutants. Um, so these miracles and with it being in humans, I mean, it just, it is how it has to work with their universe. And not only that, that's what they're doing with their comic book universe. So it, it yeah, makes perfect sense to me. That either. Did we discuss that at all? Because it happened like two weeks ago now. With uh, Magneto possibly not being Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch is dead? Well, kind of, yeah, because 
How else are you going to do it in the Marvel film franchise without getting the approval from Fox? You know, it, I, it's such a... Someone thought that was a zinger in the background and whistled. It's such a tangled web. Uh, these licensing agreements that if you want to use these characters, the, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not the Marvel Comics Universe. This is, this is a different world, different rules. These characters are different, even though, uh, we do see a lot of the backbleed into comics. You know, with especially the outfits and costuming. But the thing is, well, like, it- these are companies that want to make the money, and the money is in the film franchises now. So, yeah, you have a the base paint, the base coat of uh, what these characters were in uh, the comics, and then you jazz them up for the movies and make them work for the movies. Well, as excited as I am for all of these movies, Paul, you know I'm always looking forward to some comic books. Oh, good, good. There was no other news. We're done with news. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Uh, yeah. What are we looking forward to in the list, uh, with the books coming out January 7th, 2015? Paul, you just changed over your screen, so you're looking at the book that you're looking at. Yes. And I what am book, looking at the book. What book are you going to, are you going to promise that you're buying? Uh, this would be something, and it kind of ties into our news, uh, with Agent Carter premiering oh. over at, on oh. ABC. Uh, she's getting her own, kind of her own title, with Operation S-I-N, number one, written by Catherine Inneman, and uh, art by Rick Ellis uh, from Spe- uh, Superior Photos of Spider-Man. Uh, to, he, they're going to be telling an all-new tale of Agent Carter. Uh, this is in the 1950s, and a strange alien power source is discovered in Russia, and it's up to Peggy Carter and Howard Stark to find out what is happening. Uh, mm. And they're going up against Hydra. And it's... I'm hoping that it's going to be a little like what I really enjoyed uh, in the old S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, by Hickman. Yeah. Uh, I, you're not. I, no, no. The part with... <laughs> where it's uh, Howard Stark... Uh, Howard Stark and... Reed, uh, Reed. Reed Richards' dad? Yeah, Richards. Rich Richards, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot to. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. That, Reed like, Richards' dad as original agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, doing missions and stuff. So I'm hoping it's kind of like that. Like, old school, like, the 1950s modern version of cool spies in their gear. Like, what kind of, like... I think it's going to be a little less than that. I think it's going to be more that uh, we're just spinning out of World War II. Mm-hmm. I'm a world spy... Uh, there's a jetpack on one of these people on the cover, and he, and he looks and uh, Howard Stark has like a Tommy Tommy gun looking thing, but it's also very much a ray gun Ooh. on the cover. So I, I'm I'm hoping we get that uh, you know like that you know everything's in space like <laughs> 1950s like oh all tech will have fins on it like mm. and be super modern. Interesting. Now, Paul, have you caught up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, I have not. Will you be watching Agent Carter? I'm going to try. It's a two-hour premiere event, though, which I think is going to be a little tough to sit through on the television, like with commercial breaks and everything. Yeah. The other thing I notice is um, I went to Favorite in Hulu, and it says that it's not up for 
my regular viewing. It's only on computer. Oh, PC only. So, you know well, what? I'm going to try. That might not be that bad. You might be able just to go onto your tablet to the actual website and stream it from there. I've, I haven't tried that yet. I don't know if that works. No, the tablet yeah. usually doesn't work. You know what I might try is uh, loading it on my PC and then Chromecasting it to the one TV mm. to see if that will work. Yeah, that'd be fun. Could work. Uh, I'm also looking for a new, uh, from a new number one from Marvel, but Chris, what are you looking forward to? Is it uh, from Marvel? Uh, I, was, I was in the other room. I was pouring my beer. Luckily, I know what my uh, book is, and Kind of like you said, Paul, where, hey, they got to tie in the comics to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My pick is actually going to be Ant-Man number one for Marvel Comics. Uh, this is written by Nick Spencer with art by Ramon Rosanas. Uh, this is everyone's least favorite Ant-Man coming back, Scott Lang. Hey, did you guys know he's going to be in the Ant-Man movie coming out this year? Uh, Wait, who? Did, did you know that he used to be dead? He was. Um, now his daughter is. Oh, shucks. I know. That's bring it down, Stature. Avengers. Bring it down. That's what I do. That's why they call um, me Bring It Down Paul. I've never heard anyone say that. It's because you uh, never heard me at a jazz concert. Because <laughs> you don't go to concerts. I just, I just remember, I just picture like Paul, like after he's <laughs> brought it down to somebody out in the audience, just going quack. Quack. I go, no. But anyways, (laughs) uh, this comic book is very much in the uh, Marvel, I'm not going to say Marvel now, but like that Marvel like... New and next? New. Like, hey, you like Hawkeye? Hey, you like Daredevil? This is that little character that could book where it's a little bit more art house with kind of the pulpy artwork. It, the preview pages look great. I've never cared about Ant-Man. The only Ant-Man book I've ever bought was, uh, Ant-Man's Big Christmas, which I actually talked about, was it last year? I think so. Probably. When we were talking about, like, our favorite Christmas comics? Yeah. I can't remember now. But I actually, like, paid the five bucks for that, because I was like, hey, fun Christmas comic book. Um, I, I'm buying this because, hey, it's a number one. It's something to talk about for the look back. But more so because, you know what? Marvel's really got the hype machine spinning now on Ant-Man. And and I'm buying in. More so than anything else that they put out. When Guardians was coming out, I didn't jump on and start reading Guardians of the Galaxy. Captain America came out, I didn't read Captain America. For some reason, though, like, Ant-Man's just hitting me right. I don't I don't know why. I can't explain it. Hopefully one of you can maybe help legitimize it for me for some reason. Maybe. Okay, so John can't. Paul? Uh, I can legitimize it because you were surprised by how good both Hawkeye and Daredevil was. You already summed it up okay. with your intro. Like, it, they earned your trust. You're going to take... And it's not hard to give it the old Chris try of two issues. To see uh, if it's, it's it's three issues. Oh, oh, the, oh, oh, oh well, I'm you, sorry. You, you check out my comicsology. There's a lot of books where it's just like those first three. Oh, the old Chris Try of three issues. I think they earned enough trust. I think uh, I don't think, I think it's, so. it's Even, crazy for you to want to pick this up because honestly, it can't. If they do the Hawkeye, She Hulk, Daredevil, 
take I on have, this where it's I the guy Hawkeye size like hole in my heart right now because I'm I'm missing that book and it hasn't even ended yet. And um you know, they did a good job with um FF, you know, humanizing that character and really mm-hmm. bringing it, flushing him out. So you have another point of interest to say, okay, they did a really good job here. We can do it again this but make it him his own mm-hmm. book. Um yeah, that kind of humanizing look, it's it's great. I think they did the same thing with the Punisher, you know, it's uh, still the Punisher, but he's more that blue collar guy, small enough for the superheroes, too big for the police. It's yeah. my job. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I think Punisher definitely fits into that same kind of Marvel like new niche where yeah. they strip down these characters and they're like, okay, what if they let's not do super, quote unquote superhero superhero stories with them? Let's do their stories. Yeah, and I think they they've been doing a really good job with that. Mm-hmm. These are interesting characters. Let's tell the most interesting stories with these characters we can. And John, what do you think is uh, something that someone could be doing a good job with that could be an interesting character or interesting story? Well, this is going to be Marvel's first weekly series in years, even though they usually double ship their crap, so they're just adding a couple more. And this is going to be Wolverine's. Number one by Charles Soule. Um, and this is Wolverine's adamantium covered body is the talk of the town. And for some reason, everybody kind of wants this trophy and Mystique's involved. Um, his children, X23 and Draken, Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike. It's all of these characters coming together. All of their stories in a weekly series. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it the old Chris Try <laughs> or maybe the John Try of one issue. It's um, Batman Eternals or Wolverine. Wolverine. But See, with I, I like the, other uh, Wolverines. I like the death of Wolverine stuff, so this is something that I would definitely be willing to check out. Um, when, it, when I saw the solicitation for it, I was like, oh, it's another Wolverine book. I don't need to read it because... They're still coming out with Wolverine. There's like, there's still a still ton like, of tie-in Death of Wolverine stuff. Yeah, like there's like Logan's Legacy. Like Death of Wolverine has its own series now. I, I got the story I wanted from the actual miniseries. Mm-hmm. I didn't need anything more, but this sounds kind of interesting, just since it's written by Charles Soule. Yeah, um, and it and it's these characters coming together. If it's just a couple issues of mutants with healing factors and claws destroying each other and then healing back and continuing to fight. Uh, I can buy a couple issues of that. Now, is this, how long is this weekly going to be? Like, uh, is it just like for a couple months? Or? Um, I don't think it's a year long thing. Um, but I'm not, they haven't really, from what I saw, they didn't really have. It doesn't say one or one of four in the cover, on the cover that I saw, so who yeah. knows? It could, it could be going on for a couple months, maybe not. I think they just see, hey, DC's got two weekly series going on. Uh, we should do that. And also, it wouldn't be a comic book death unless the character that died has more titles after his death. <laughs> than during his run while living. Uh, here's the thing, too. If you're doing that and you don't know how long it's going to go for, if it's not selling, there you go. Boom. 
the startling conclusion yeah. of Wolverines. Exactly. I don't know how long this, how long it could go, but I mean, I imagine Charles Soule has an outline and a plot, a plan in place. Um, much like, much like, uh, Terrapin may have had a plan in place Ooh. with our next beer. Uh, this is something I was excited to try. It's WNB. It's Coffee Oatmeal Imperial Stout. And let me tell you, this is an Imperial Stout. It is warming as all hell. What, what is this? Is this, if it is it under... It is 9.4. Ooh. I was gonna be like, if it's under 10%, I'll be surprised. And it is, so I am surprised. Um, it doesn't have that alcohol bite, but, but man, it, when it's you got, drink it, it's got it's a warm. coffee, it's got a coffee punch to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, it's a nice black coffee Imperial Stout combination. It has a smoky nose on it. Yeah, and it's a little nice. bit of a smoky taste, but it's like all it's, that yeah, dark it's coffee, coffee grounds. It's mm-hmm. it's really nice. It is really nice. It is a sipping man's beer. This mm-hmm. is something that you cannot. I'm like, Oof. the moo went down really smooth. Mm-hmm. This one, this I'm one, like, this one. I'm enjoying every sip. I'm savoring mm-hmm. every sip. Like right now, I just have these great coffee flavors dancing on my tongue if you don't like a bold in your mouth punch stay away from this beer if you like you know just having something where you drink it and, sit and enjoy it like this is not the beer for you this is a punch in your mouth with flavors which is something i usually look for um but right now i'm thinking i'm getting punched out with this beer i see i don't so, feel like i'm getting punched out i'm i'm enjoying mm-hmm. every bit it's big it's popping on my tongue i think on a different day i i'd love yeah. this more yeah i'm i, I would have think i got so. a cold and i'm just like oh this is this is a slug fest and i am losing mm. so it's called wnb as in just the letters w and b yes what uh, does that mean or stand for because i don't get coffee punched from any of that? Do they like describe it or talk about it on the label or anything? It says W. It's wake up with beer. Oh, oh, okay. Wake and bake. Is that wake it? And beer. Wake and beer. Yeah, because it's a, a undercase or lowercase, not undercase, lowercase n. So um, this is the tenth anniversary. Um, this is uh, two companies, the Terrapin and Jittery Joe's, coming together. Jittery Joe's is a coffee place. Them coming together for this beer. That's really all we got. Uh, vintage 2014. Hmm. Uh, Chris, are you drinking another beer or are you slowing now? No, I'm, I'm drinking another one. Uh, uh cause this one's only 6.6. So hey. After that 10 point something, this is like water to you now, boy. Yeah. Um, this is from New Belgium Brewing. This is part of their Lips of Faith series. Which we had one of their other ones on the show before, and I yeah. wish I could remember which one it was. Um, I knew it was one of their. It was a Belgian with like rose hips and something else. And rose hips. Rose hips. And like, I, and I bought it because I was like, oh, we had one of these before. And as soon as I saw it on the shelf, I kind of scanned to see if I could find what the other one that we had was, just so I could be like, okay, that's right, it was this one. Rose hips doesn't spark any <laughs> memories in my brain. But this is New Belgium's Gruet. And this is an ale brewed with bog myrtle, whorehound, yarrow, wormwood, and elderflowers. 
Mm. If that just sounds like I read some sort of weird recipe for some sort of like witch's potion, you are correct because this beer has been brewed with uh, ancient craft herb mixing. Wait, wait! Uh, I think I have a level fifteen in uh, World of Warcraft and herb mixing. Yeah, there you go. You can make this beer. Um, this ale was brewed without using any kind of hops at all, and instead just using these ancient herbs. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, How is it? It's it's really weird. <laughs> but but I don't I don't say weird in a bad way. It's weird in that like okay, you read like oh an ale brewed with all these plants that you would find probably in a swamp I'm imagining. Then you drink it, and it honestly tastes like a Belgian. Hmm. It's got that same kind of Belgian spice to it. It just doesn't have those like really tight bubbles. Like mm-hmm. If this came out from like Oma Gang, I would not be surprised. Um, but then at the back end, it has almost like that absinthe, like alcoholy, like dry your tongue out taste. If um, that can and that, make sense at that all. That probably is from the wormwood because wormwood was in absinthe, um, and that's one of the key things that they said would either drive you crazy, um, and why it was banned in most absinthe from since like. The banning of it. Um, <laughs> due, Damn, due, the banning. due to the wine industry and all the copper poisoning people were getting. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was also, also rumored to have the same kind of, uh, trippiness that, uh, smoking marijuana would. So be careful, sir. Oh, I'm smoking a whole pint glass of this. Mm. Um, it's, it's so interesting. It, it's, very different because there's a lot going on with it and this is definitely a sipping man's beer too just because the taste just changes as it washes over your tongue it's it's so different and like weird because you read the label and it's like okay I've heard a couple of those things but then you're like bog myrtle who decided to name that and then eat it? <laughs> um, garbanzo bean. See, okay, I don't like garbanzo beans. But you love beer. chickpeas. No, I don't, I don't like it because it has three names. Garbanzo beans, chickpeas, chichi beans. I, I just never know what to call it. And that's why you will never go to Netherlands. I don't know, but, you know, I like hummus, so it's all the same in the end. But this beer, like, if you can find it at Premier or something, it's definitely worth a look. Um, yeah, we don't get any new Belgian out this way. Okay, I, I might go to the store and grab another bottle just to bring back so we can try it, because it's so weird. Cool. Hmm. But at the same time, familiar. Hmm. And, and I know it's weird to say that without actually having it in front of you, but I, I like it. But you're surprised that you like it because you might Physically? not. Um, it's good. Hmm. All right. You know what else is good? But so different. And you know what else is different and weird? Is it a dramatic reading, Paul? Yes. 
This is a dramatic reading from Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, Issue 2, Page 1, Panel 6. Back to Conloon. And that was a dramatic reading of Iron Fist, The Living Weapon, Number 2, Page 1, Panel 6. Paul nailed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can see that panel in front of me right now. He nailed it. Well, it's the I cold. imagine if you're listening to that, you want to see that panel. And you can, just over at beggingboard.com. Check the show notes for 243. Paul, I have chills. Oh, thank you. You know what else gives me chills? Excitement. Excitement? Excitement Ooh. for what? Comic book characters breaking out in the year 2015. The movies coming out in 2015. And also the video games that I'm looking forward to. And guess what year? 2015. Oh, oh, shit. You didn't even give me a chance to answer. I know, because you know what? It was rhetorical. <laughs> you know what else is rhetorical? Everything me. Paul says to me. <laughs> me asking you, <laughs> what is our topic? Yeah, that's right. Our topic is our look forward to 2015. And uh we're a comic book podcast, so we're going to start off with comic book characters that we're hoping will have a breakout year this year. This upcoming year. I, I've said the year enough. I don't think I need to say it again. Is it 2015? Yes, John. And go ahead. You said it. What? What is? What? Which is one of your characters that you're hoping has this breakout performance? Chris mentioned him earlier. We've had a really shitty year this year for him. But the man who brought Green Arrow back is taking over Hawkeye. He's going one from one archer to another. And I think this is going to be an awesome year for Hawkeye. Uh, I can't wait. I'm excited because one, I haven't been getting my Hawkeye on a weekly fix or a monthly fix. I think what four issues got published this past year? Four? What between? If it's more than six, I'd be surprised. Yeah, it's been really bad this year, and they've been even though they've staggeringly crazy how awful they've been coming out. Every time I do get one, I really enjoy it and i'm like why don't i get this every month uh hopefully with jeff lemire taking over we can get a nice great hawkeye series again mm-hmm. monthly 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 series you've been getting a great series just it not hasn't monthly. been coming out regularly yeah. I'm, I'm okay with this book being an actual monthly not a marvel monthly where you get like two or three issues just just deliver it i will gladly read it whenever it comes through. Yeah. There was a book, too, that we all were buying on our own, too. Mm-hmm. Our own individual copies. Yes. Because was, it was so good. It was really good. It was good. I just, I just hope we don't get uh, Justice League United off of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. Well, because it won't be editorially driven where you need to introduce this character and this character and this character. You know, like, oh, you need to have Lobo show up. You need to have... Hawkeye has been on its own, and I think Jeff, that's where Jeff Lemire did the best over at DC, is when it was him and Scott Snyder in his, their own little world and telling the stories they wanted to tell in Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Yeah. And even in Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. His Green Arrow run, people are saying, is uh, one of the best Green Arrow runs in a long time. It was really good. I liked all I that. I did, too. Um, I'm, I think Marvel's a little bit more open to having their stuff be like, oh, you want to do this? Okay, you can 
standalone on its own. Like, I think DC is a little bit too much. Okay, well, if you're doing this, it needs to fit into the big picture. No. Um, because, you know, a Marvel book can stand up on the shelves and be like, hey, I read Hawkeye. Yeah. I read Iron Fist. I read Miss Marvel. You don't need to read anything else to get that. Like, if you're reading Justice League United, you're probably reading anything and everything else over at DC. And that, like, that's the thing, is those projects feel like they're very much of that month, where the projects you listed over at Marvel seem evergreen. Yeah. They can be in a trade and stand there for years, and people can then go back five years from now and pull it off the shelf and be like, no, this is this was this is really good still. No, like is it might Justice be a little League, dated, but it'll still be great. Yeah, is Justice League United still even a book? I don't even know. I got I, up I, to six issues, and I'm like, no, this is too much with <clears throat> stupid, like a really bad Hawkman, and just there's so no much. rocks in it. What am I reading? That's mm. bad. I could have told you that after zero issue that it wasn't needed to yeah. be. And they never touched upon those rocks. No. Not well, that I'm aware. What will, Maybe. You, what will you be touching upon? Uh, I'm hoping... In 2015? Uh, 2015, you know, 2014th, we saw some, uh, you know, in the news, uh, racial tensions here in America were, were pretty high. Uh, in 2014, they announced that they do, Marvel has a plan for the character Black Panther to become, uh, part of the cinematic universe. Uh, gonna have a cameo in Avengers 2. And there's not a book featuring him out yet. So hopefully here in 2015, I think there's a lot of great story that you can touch upon right now with the dynamic that's out there for for Black Panther. And uh, I think he's a character that Marvel kind of needs, like on the shelves. And I, I think I think he works really well. I really appreciated and found a respect with him with Hickman's take mm-hmm. on him. I think Hickman did a really good job. But, you know, like, people call for these books, and then once they start making them, nobody's buying them. Nobody's buying them, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's one of the biggest problems. But, I mean, you put a the right creative team, mm-hmm. it's... If it's a good book, I'll buy it. If it's a, you know, if it's a humanizing yep. Black Panther like we've been talking about yeah. since the list, then yeah, I'm behind it. Like, and I think a very humanized Black Panther street level set in the definitely now America where we're seeing all this crazy, you know, street violence and uh, riding and looting and stuff and having this very strong African character, you know, stand up and be like, okay, what is right? Like, can I stand against this injustice and also be on the right side of things? Like, I think that it would be a very interesting subject matter to tackle. And I think it would be something that it would be the, uh, uh, green arrow, uh, green lantern, like, Hitting the road, power traveling heroes kind of thing, like with Black Panther, and I think I think Marvel has the creative uh, talent to be able to tackle this in a very even-handed way without being overly preachy and tell really good human stories. 
with, and I think Black Panther's a character they could really do it with. Yeah. It's, I think they can do it with Black Panther. I, I think it's gonna be really hard to straddle that, like, street level approachableness with such a regal, proud character at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul, when you were, like, describing kind of what you want from it, I was like, you want a serious coming to America. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's like what kind of like popped into my head and I was like, no, that's not it. But that's it. But it's not. And it, then I realized I had nothing else to kind of. Well, it was much with. better than your second idea, which was a serious boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a serious, uh, oh, vampire in Brooklyn. So we're we're casting Eddie Murphy <laughs> yeah. in this movie. Basically. Um I Black Panther is one of those characters that I've always had an interest in, but there's never been like the book that I want to jump in on. Or the book I that people reading... say, Oh, you like Black Panther, you want to read Black Panther? Here. Yeah. There isn't that book. We struggled with it. I don't know it. about that book. We struggled with it when we were talking about okay, here's seeing announcements for Marvel. These are the characters. Why should you care about these characters? Black Panther was kind of the toughest because yeah. recently there hasn't been really good standout issues. Like the Jonathan Hickman one where the Fantastic Four go to visit uh, T'Challa in, uh, I'm thinking Kowloon because I just read it, but Wakanda. that's a, Wakanda because uh, he has to come up with a new way for his country to succeed because uh, Dr. Doom eliminated Verbarium. Um, Verbarium. And they're like, no, we're geniuses. We asked you here as a sign of good faith for the rest of the world. We actually don't need you here, Reed. Like, we, we, we already know. We already come up with solutions, but we just wanted to show the rest of the world we're re- willing to reach out. Yeah. Like, that kind of like, no, no, we know where we're at. And it's like, okay, well, that was that one story, and then nothing happened since then. <laughs> No. I, well, I mean, I, I, always... my, my, the thing that I bring from it is when he was in that Avengers book with Hickman. Like, he was the star oh. of that book. Like, he was the leader. And that's where I was like, I really like this character. Mm. And I don't know if, I don't want him as a ruling monarch book, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I want him as that street level in the city trying to stop crime like there i that's not what i would want from him Mm -hmm. because at the same point why would he you know why would he even care about the injustice over here yeah you know he cares about his country so i would want something to do with him and that because he is that proud Mm -hmm. wakandian that you know that's what is important to him yeah okay no I, can, what, I can agree I with that story. Or, what is it, like 2016, 2017 when Black Panther comes out? Um, maybe even 2018. Well, he's yeah, got I, a I cameo coming up, and then he's got a cameo in the next... Civil War, in, in Captain America. Captain America, yeah, it's Civil War. He's going to have a bigger part in that, so... Yeah. I, I just want, whatever year this is, I want to be able to save for the list. Hey, you know what? I'm looking forward to Black Panther number one from, you know, like Mark Wade and Marcos Martin. 
because I, of everything that I said for picking Scott Lang. Like, I want this to be that book where you can pick it up, not have an idea of what's going on in the larger Marvel universe, but everything that's happening in this book matters because it's happening in this book. When you pick up an issue of like a superhero comic book, you don't expect to care about the tenants in an apartment building. Hawkeye was able to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to care about the characters in an entire country. And, and you don't get that from anything else. I, I need that character-driven story. And hopefully Marvel can find a team that will work and sell this book. And I think this is a solid pick. Good good job, Paul. Chris, what is, what's your pick? Uh, my character is actually a character that debuted within this past year. Uh, kind of exploded on the scene. And I want to see where things go because I see nothing but blue skies and probably some heartache ahead for her. And this is Miss Marvel. Hmm. Uh, and this is from over at Marvel Comics, of course. Mm-hmm. Critically Kamala. acclaimed series so far. What was that? Critically acclaimed. Like, everything yeah. that I've read online about the series has been po- overwhelmingly positive. And I, I think, again, this is one of those books that just... It came out and it caught people by surprise because it's such... That Marvel humanizing story where it's this young girl who just winds up, hey, I've got like superhero powers. How does that impact my life? And it's such a small scale story, but it has like deep roots. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to see where it goes. And talking about the Inhumans before, Marvel's really going to be banking on that. Like that was something we discussed when like the Inhumans started appearing in Agents of Shield and then when they announced they were doing an Inhumans movie. And then even a while ago just the Inhumans always seemed to pop up somehow. And it's like, no, they're doing things with this half-forgotten franchise. And I think Miss Marvel is that entry level character for it because as cool as Lockjaw, Black Bolt, and Medusa are, there's such a story past for these characters that Miss Marvel is just instantly likable. You can come in without any like prior knowledge or preconceived notions and just relate and appreciate it. It, and I attribute a lot of that to uh, artist Adrian Alfalona. Alfona. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how he uh, actually has it pronounced. I'm pretty sure uh, he's told us how it's pronounced, but he speaks so quietly we couldn't hear. We could not. I feel so bad because he's such a great artist and I love his work. But then when we met him at, was it? Uh, Toronto. In, in Toronto. Toronto? Yep. Com- uh, Fan Expo. He's so just... He is somebody that we want to get on the podcast, like, in an interview, but he will not pick up in the crowd noise. Like, he he will take the time and talk to you about his work, but if you get to see him at a convention, definitely talk to him. And, Chris, I have to commend you. I think this is a great pick. I, I think if you're talking... Thank you, Paul. If you're talking to Adrian Alpona, like, you need to definitely, like, 
lean in. He, <laughs> he, he's so soft spoken. And like, you're just talking, I'm like, oh my God, like, I love Molly. Like, she's such a, <clears> like, from around he's like, such a great, strong, positive character. Like, how do you portray that on the page when there's like, you know, cloak and dagger popping in and then you've got like this super villain. Oh, yeah, you know, there's. Yeah. His art speaks for him, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love to say that, but man, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And th- this is a great book. And like I said before, I have an article that I kind of wanted to do about books that I've dropped off of for no reason, just because like I didn't continue buying it. One of them was our dramatic reading Iron Fist. The other one, Miss Marvel, both of these were strong contenders for one of my favorite books that we talked about on uh, episode 242, our look back, because they're such solid books, but I, I just haven't kept on to it. And this is one that I definitely want to get back on. Yeah. This one, I, I really enjoyed the first issue. I never, I've been a little sporadic with what I've, even I buy and I read. But it's one of those ones that I would have no problem when I had that afternoon to sit and read to to get them and download them because it is it is a fun series. And uh, the writer of it, uh, G. Willow Wilson, is actually going to be jumping over to another Marvel book that I don't care about. But I was like, oh, that's another book that I should check out, and I'm. I feel bad because I'm blanking on it now, but I saw the story like yesterday. Hmm. Paul, you have a computer in front of you. I'll, I'll look. Can you Google it. while John and I vamp for a little bit? Well, you guys, did you guys, did you guys have? Uh, or are we going to do two? I, I wasn't sure how many we oh. had. Um, I have two. We can do two. I, yeah, I didn't I know if we were going to have like yeah. an honorable mention one or we do two. Are we doing two? We can do two. We can do two. Uh, this is something that I hope will carry on in 2015. We're going to get it in about a month or two from DC. And that is, Paul mentioned it, uh, a team up of Hal Jordan and Oliver Queen. Uh, this is going to be happening within the issues of Green Arrow. And I kind of hope that it might lead to more between these two characters. Um, cause I do enjoy when they are together. I I didn't see this story. Yeah. Um, John, you you were the Green Arrow buyer on the podcast. You dropped off after the Outsider War. Yeah, when when left when Lemire left, um, and they had the futures, they had the futures and tie-in, and I kind of saw where he, where his story was leading to. Kind of, it wrapped, it wrapped up for me, Jeff Lemire's run, and I said, okay, I can live with that. I can live with not carrying on anymore with Green Arrow, because it's gonna be a new writer, it's gonna be a new take, and anything following up a run that you love, it's never gonna be as good. You're gonna find problems with it no matter what. And I felt that that was gonna happen. But if I were going to jump on to Green Arrow again, this is it. This is definitely where I'll be jumping on to 
Green Arrow, uh, with the team up jumping, with him. Jumping back on. Jumping back on. With, with, um, with Hal and Ollie having an issue together. Um, I don't know who's been writing Green Arrow currently because it's one of the producers of the show. Um, do you know who's on Green Arrow right now? Is uh, it Greg Berlanti or was it, it's one of the producers of the, uh, Arrow show. I don't. Mark Guggenheim? I don't remember. Is he, okay. I'm looking it up right now. Do we know if it's the same writer that's going to be doing this story? I don't or know. Or was it someone else? I, I really didn't. I read that these they're going to be teaming up. It was kind of just a tease of, hey, this is going to be coming up in like in in the next couple months. Um, and I didn't do any other research in it because that's that's all I needed. It sold me yeah. right away. Was just saying, hey, team up. Um, no, that's that's more than enough, especially because Arrow and Flash have such great buzz behind them right now. That Andrew Kreisberg uh, so. and Ben Sokolowski are okay. currently okay. And they they have to be on the show because I know that was like the big selling for. The arc after Lemire's, it's like, no, producers from the show. Yeah. They're, they're writing the book. So everything you love on TV, buy on page. In, you know, looking, I'm looking at the, like, through the issues right now, and it does have that arrow feel. Yeah, it has to that it. look. Um, and, you know, it's a completely, it's a completely different book from, what Jeff Lemire was doing in his look. Can we take a pause quick? I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, uh, real quick. I haven't, I've Googled G. Willow Wilson. Uh, I see she is writing also X-Men over at, uh, Marvel. That's the one. And, okay. And I couldn't find anything else. But yeah, no, we'll that take, was it. we'll take a pause real quick right okay. here. Yeah, be right back. Hi, this is Kyle Stevens. And this is Jim DeMonacos. And we're a Kirby Crackle. And you're listening to Bagged and Board Podcast. Hey guys, I'm back. And thanks, Kirby Crackle. No laughs? Were we supposed to laugh at you or are you waiting for the audience to laugh at you? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Did, did we take the pause? We, we took the pause. Alright, talking in circles with Chris. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. It's, no, it's, it's fun when I don't know what's on the show because I was getting up to go to the bathroom. Um, but my next pick is actually a character that's no stranger to the Bang Board cast because we've talked about them multiple times before. And is it Spider-Man that we've talked? What is it Spider-Man? It is. Wow. I guessed that. I'm you good. Did I'm a good you know guesser. I'm, I'm really enjoying the Spider-Verse crossover right now. And everything about that is making me a Spider-Man fan and make me want to like continue to be a Spider-Man fan because everything I've liked about Spider-Man books before has always just been so tenuous because it's like, Hey, I enjoy this book, but there's this weird big crossover coming up that I'm not going to buy. I'm actually jumping in at the weird big crossover point, which is something completely different for me, but I I'm really loving it. Good. It's John, I've been, I've really, I've really liked what I've read of Spider-Man, and if you're going to be keeping on this, I probably will read your issues. I'm definitely on for 
all of Spider-Verse. Um, I'm already buying Spider-Verse. I'm already buying Amazing Spider-Man. I am buying Tales of the Spider-Verse. I think it's going to be easy for me to buy one consistent Spider-Man book from here on out, as long as it stays this quality, which Dan Slott, I feel, has been delivering as long as he's not being sidetracked by other stuff. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, everything I've read about the, with the Spider-Verse has been awesome, and I've loved it. So I'm excited. I was thinking about picking up uh, Black Cat because, you know, she in the little issue where they're going to make her a villain. You know, like, yeah. and you know, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, she'll have a breakout year this year. But then I remembered that with the Sony deal and Marvel, I'm like, I'm not going to pick anybody from the Spider-Man universe because I'm seeing what they're doing with the Inhumans basically making the mutants. So I'm afraid uh, that Marvel might just kind of quietly put the spider people into the background. Not Spider-Man himself, but... Side but all Spider-Man. the Spider-Man characters that Sony doesn't own the rights to, yeah, they'll they'll do those. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. but that's that's all of the Spider-Man characters. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know, like like Spider-Verse is really good, and it's making Spider-Man one of those like, no, you need to check out this book, you need to check out this character uh, things for me, and hopefully that carries through all of this year. And that's that's something I've wanted for years because I grew up on Spider-Man. Spider-Man was always comic books that we had in our house. It was the only thing that we had subscription to. Like, Spider-Man was it. And I find myself always wanting to get back into Spider-Man. Like, I did it when they were resurrecting Kraven. Like, I wanted to get back in there. And then it just seems so bogged down by stuff. And I've always wanted to jump back in, but they make it hard to do that, and I think that this is going to be a good jumping on spot. And here's the thing, like, this is something we've talked about multiple times on the show now over the past, like, five, six years. Like, we really like Spider-Man, but we don't read Spider-Man. I I want this to be the, the book that The book I that do. you read. Because it's, it's Spider-Man. Everybody likes Spider-Man. Who's on the lookout, Paul? For you, uh, for me, and this is uh, more so in other medium, not just in comics. But uh, I think he needs to have a better place than just on Earth Two over at uh, DC, and that's Doctor Fate. Mm. I think uh, they kind of teased him a little bit in Constantine, and um, you know he's could be a Gotham character. He could be well, not in the series Gotham, but you know, uh, Gotham by Midnight. Gotham by Midnight, definitely. Uh, showing up there. Uh, that's what I was trying to think of. I'm like, Gotham, not the TV series, but thank you, John. Gotham you're, by Midnight. You're welcome. Uh, definitely could play in the part there in the new DC universe and not in Earth 2. I think it's a character that I didn't realize I'm missing, but I am. It's yeah. like, I've, I've never had like an affinity for Dr. Fate. I don't know. I've always liked Dr. Fate. He's one of those characters from, you know, my JSA days that I've always enjoyed. I'm like, oh yeah, he's part of the JSA. Did you read that second issue of the multiverse where he was a big part in it? No, but I want to. Yeah, I, ha- I have it, so mm-hmm. you can read it. Yeah, where but it's, it's, that, it's a good Dr. Fate story. The 1940s, 1950s pulp kind yeah, of adventure. Yeah. yeah. He's got like guns on his, yes. gun holsters on his chest. Yeah. yeah. It was a good Dr. Fate story. 
And I think that he could do a big breakout in Constantine. Like, I think that could be a huge story arc for them. I think it's going to be more one of those, like, oh, no, they have that cameo of the helmet just to, like, throw that in there. I know. I I don't think we'll see anything else from... It would be fun. This character, like, I mean, we got him in Justice League Unlimited, like, hey, that's cool, but... Get him in... Get them in to Constantine so we can springboard them into the, uh. Well, they're working, they're working on Spectre right now, so. That'll be the big thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good, I'd like to see Fate around more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I didn't realize I was missing that till I saw the, uh, Multiverse issue Mm. two. Yeah, it took me until Constantine, you know. Where you just see his helmet. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, where has he been? Where's he been. He's been in Earth too, but that's Where's been Detective crappy. Where's Detective Chimp? Yeah. yeah, where is Detective Chimp? Well, maybe next year, guys, you guys can pick them, but let's get into uh, the movies that we're most looking forward to in 2015. John, I'm sure you have your, your little indie house going on, so Chris, <laughs> what nerdtastic movie are you just feeling in your testiculars right now? <laughs> Ready uh, to explode. What, your nerd-tasticness? <laughs> well, nerd statistically. You got nerd testes? <laughs> yes, that's what I said. It's oh, a, God. It's, it's a guided so boner missile, so 2015. It's so weird. I don't know what to say to, like... Do you have tassels give on your testes? to what Paul said. <laughs> How bad is that? Um, what, try, just try to focus through it, Chris. Uh, one of the books... The uh, movies that I'm most looking forward to is actually going to be a Disney movie. And I'm trying to go a little bit off the beaten path with this, and that path seems to be taking me through a jungle. This is The Jungle Book, oh. directed by John Favreau. This is the live-action adaptation. Again? Of Yep, we, we can always do a live-action adaptation of The Jungle Book. Um, because now we have CG. So I'm expecting Jumanji, but better. <laughs> Strange to You're say. thinking about the, they did the Jungle Book, but it was just, like, the animals didn't talk, they didn't sing, it was just... Right. Yeah. yeah, it was kid. like Mowgli's story, or... Yeah, yeah. that was a live-action Jungle Book, though, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm not crazy, it wasn't was a fever dream. Jason, thing, Jason Lee. Now we can have, like, Scarlett yeah. Johansson, and... Ben Kingsley uh, doing the voice... Ben Kingsley, Christopher Walken. Isn't Bill Murray doing Bill, the voice? Bill Murray. He's doing the voice of Baloo. Baloo. Oh, that I think this is going to be really fun. And it's a little bit later in the year, I think. Yeah. Uh, I can't I can't remember when it's actually coming out, because I just had, like, <clears throat> the, the movies in 2015, not by month or date. <laughs> um, they do... Disney does really good work when it comes to bringing characters to live action. I really enjoyed Maleficent. I don't think it set the box office on fire like they wanted, but it was still a solid movie. It was a good movie. Um, Into the Woods, a heck of a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to what else they can do in live action that's not based off of, you know, a Marvel property at this point. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely something that I'm, I'm interested in seeing because I, I enjoy the Jungle Book. I didn't know it was happening until you mentioned it. So really? thanks for we've bringing it to about it in like Week Geek. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah, I might have been doing something. Yeah, <laughs> I might have been looking at. I might have things. been caring about everything but what you spoke about. I was caring that listeners could hear what you were speaking mm. about. So 
There. Oh. Paul, what's uh, what's your movie? Uh, Ant Man. <laughs> there it is. You there know, it is. Because it's uh, I got a tease, and I love. We already you talked about it. Tease, and I I already expounded my love of Paul Rudd. So there it is. Like I think we talked about it enough. Let's. I know this. This is one of the things that was actually on my list, and <laughs> I chose not to pick it first because I thought that would be too obvious. Nope, I'm obvious. Because I'm good with it. you can't have one thing carry through the Weekend Geek, the list, and then the main topic. Like, it's just, you can't do that. I just did. I know, well... <laughs> and I control but, all the technical. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> There's no podcast without Paul. <laughs> Try to shut it, me it'd down. It would be different if I brought it up in each segment. Someone else does. That's okay. That's why I chose to go uh, Jungle Book. Hmm. Hmm. John, uh, I am looking forward to the movie Chappie, uh, written and directed by Neil Blomkamp, who oh, the guy from uh, District Dis- Nine. District Nine. Uh, this movie looks really great. Just from the um, trailers, there's such a likability and emotion being shown by this robot, who's very short circuit like uh, idea. Um, from this, but, uh, looks really good. Um, uh, Charlotte Coplay, who, uh, was the star of District 9, who was Murdoch in the A-Team, who was the evil king in Maleficent, uh, did the motion, uh, capture for Chappie. Um, really good actor. He's playing Christian Walker in, um, Powers on PlayStation, the, that TV show. Um, I always enjoy seeing him, but I always enjoy the Neil Blomkamp movies. Uh, Asylum, which was two years ago, was a really good sci-fi movie. District 9, I still talk about it. I think it was just it's, an outstanding movie. I, I like District 9. Also, there's rumors going around now that he's doing the next Aliens movie, too. We didn't talk about Yeah, he movie, leaked, but. he leaked, um, images and stuff. I think he's not doing it, but he, he leaked those out there to be like, you could have had awesome stuff, oh. but executives. Mm-hmm. Dude, this movie looks like it's going to break my heart. Yeah. I'm afraid of it. Oh, because man. Because Short Circuit made me cry so hard <laughs> as a kid. Johnny Five well, still alive. Well, Paul, I don't, I like, don't know if you like this because oh, killed me. The, this... the kid that played Zuko in the last Airbender movie isn't it. Uh, well, <laughs> you know what? But it also has Sigourney Weaver, uh, so... Also has uh, Hugh Jackman in uh, Die Antwood, the uh, African rap group. Uh, there you go. Are also in it. Yeah, this movie looks. Yeah, it's it will break my heart if I watch it. So. I I'm I'm I think just the emotion that they give with this robot is amazing. Just in those previews, as soon yeah. as I saw this, I was like, I can't wait to see this movie. I think I was like, no, that preview was awesome. That's all you need to see. I kind of like anything more. Like I'm about to tear up just thinking about that damn trailer. So I don't think I could handle that movie. Up is a horrible movie. It made me feel things. <laughs> no, no, Paul, this no is, feel. This is up. This is up. Oh, you're gonna watch a movie about a guy that goes on a wacky adventure with balloons attached to his house. Okay, cool. Oh, so awesome. Let's go watch that movie. No, first five minutes. Guy falls in love. Guy wants to have kids. Guy can't have kids. Guy wants to go on awesome adventures with his wife. Can't do it. Guy, wife dies. Screw you, movie! 
Screw you. That's not what I signed up for. Not what you signed I up signed for. I signed up for Balloons Attached to a House Adventure. What you oh, got? And, yeah, after well, getting well, punched in the junk. The adventure it's part. not like, hey, can I have a double scoop of chocolate? Uh, chocolate it's and a vanilla, store. Please. It's yes, giving you. you punch. What? It's Why giving you the punch? reasons, this man... Of why he's going on this adventure, why he's become this gruff man when he's not. He's a happy-go-lucky, and that kid reminds him of the life that and he's at the given end, up. When his dad, that kid's dad doesn't show up. Spoiler alert! And but who does uh, yeah, he, he have? Carl got, shows up. He's and got he has the a old, old man. That, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, gives yeah, him the fucking. Then I freaking the cry. Pop, then he too. gives him the power I, I thought I was him. out of tears. I thought I was out of tears. That part shows up. I'm crying again. Exactly. What a great yeah. movie. Yeah, wait a minute. When he gives him the pop you know cap pin no, for it his was award. Great. It's great. It's a great movie that I can watch once and I'm done. You know why? Because <laughs> I'm out of tears for that movie. I am out <laughs> I'm of out. tears for I'm that out movie. Out of tears. I'm writing this down. Out. I'm out, out of tears. Tears for that movie. I can't and watch I'll, it again. Also, I will never watch it again. The, Pixar teaches you the valuable lesson. Uh, never meet your heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And don't plan for child, child rearing while (laughs) looking at stupid clouds. Bad idea. No. But you know what gets me in the mood for child rearing? (laughs) Beer. Okay, I was trying to think like, what movie is this gonna be? (laughs) Strip Tease 2. Strip Tease 2. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, this is our third and final beer from Terrapin. This is their Hopsecutioner. This is just a regular Indie Pale Ale, uh, 7.3%. Um, and quite delicious. Yeah. Uh, nice, as Paul wrote down and showed me during the podcast while we started drinking this, a uh, little bit of a bubblegum kind of sweetness to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nice citrusy hop up front, and then it kind of relaxes, and that citrusiness kind of turns into just sweetness and a bubblegum, sugary kind of sweetness. Um, and I, I wrote it down thinking I was crazy, and it was my cold, and I showed it to John, and he's like, yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. Uh, what I do really enjoy about these is they do have the dates of when to drink by on here. So that's really nice to have on on beers. Even um, everything had it. The... Uh, the Imperial Stout gives gives you the impression that you can cellar this. You know, this is going to be a vintage 2014 when you put it in your cellar and you drink it in a year or two. So uh, I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed all of these beers. Yeah. I would drink more from Terrapin. Um, go go check them out. Yeah, if you, if you have if the you, means. If you can see them, check them out. Um. My next one is from a brewery right here in Grand Rapids, uh, Brewery Vivant. This is Tart Side of the Moon, and this is a Belgian-inspired dark farmhouse ale. Um, when I took my first sip of it, I equated it to uh, like a sour meats porter or sour meat stout. I can't remember what I said. I, I, I said can't. stout, I believe. Okay, because it's definitely a dark beer, like. You hold it up to the light, and no light escapes it. Um, very tart on the up, uh, but then that mellows out, and you get a nice kind of malty, but you still have a little bit of that sour there. And this actually comes in the can. This is a special limited release, and they have 
stamped on the uh, can front, a tier three single batch release. So I think this is just something that they're doing for now and they probably won't keep going, but it's good. I think this is probably my favorite of the beers that I've had from them. Um, I went there last year just to sample some stuff uh, when I came to Michigan just to, to hang out with the lady friend. And I was like so keen on bringing beer back. And then when I went to this cool brewery that John had actually been to before on one of his beer trips, I was like, yeah, there's, there's stuff's okay, but it's nothing that I need to bring back. Um, to I actually like share. I felt uh, the same. This though, this, this is a solid offering. I felt the same way, um, with what they had in selection to come home with. Um, you know, they had like cans. And with the trip that I was doing, I didn't want to bring a growler back. Um, yeah. but when I was there and the couple beers that I had that they had on tap that wasn't something that they were canning, um, I, I really liked. I had like, uh, I had a, um, I think a stout aged in like red wine barrels, um, when I was there and I had a really nice IPA. So it's definitely, um, a place that is, it's a, it's, Sometimes, you know, it's not something standout-ish. It depends, like, what is there that month or that week. But it is a really cool place. I really like the location that it is in, like, an old church. The bar is where the pulpit would be. Um, the stained glass windows, you know, the kind of, like, um, rustic wooden bench seating that, you know, kind of makes it look like a, a monastery or something. Um, it's a really cool place. Definitely some place to check out, but... Yeah, you know, every place has got some hit or miss beers. Sometimes it takes them a while to get really get rolling on things. Maybe like cl- clown shoes. What honestly makes me sad about them is the stuff that I really liked when I was there. They didn't offer in cans. Like you have to have it there. Yeah, because yeah, like they had a blueberry cider that was fantastic, but it's something that you could only get like there because they. Don't bottle it. All of their stuff actually comes in cans. Yeah. No, no, nothing wrong with that. Uh, we've talked about that before on the show. But the stuff that was really stand out great, they don't brew enough of to actually put in cans. And the stuff that they put in cans, it's okay. Yeah. They're a much smaller brewery. You know, even the beers that they put out are just their flagship IPA, flagship Belgian style um, Abiel, you know, they're yeah. nothing like, it's nothing too crazy, but in the town that has all different kinds of breweries and where are you going to go? Well, Hey, let's go to this cool one. That's in a church. Like it's one of those places that when people come in, you got to take them or, Hey, let's go here and see what they have on tap because they have good things on tap. You know, it's kind of like that. They're, they're just a small, Brewery. I don't think they're looking to expand more and maybe just canning or bottling small selections just for within the city. And that's where it gets really tough because, um, Paul, get a post-it note. Okay. Grab a pen. Okay. He's got uh, it both right take, in front of take him. Take a note from like a beer-centric episode. What makes a brewery that you want to go to? Is it those old standbys? Like your you know, your all day IPAs or like from a hamburger brewing, like the house dressing, like, is it that beer or is it something crazy 
like from Resurgence Brewing, like the Loganberry Wit. Or something like or, Founders, where it's a mix of standbys that you know you can get and also what they do with offshoots. Yeah, yeah that's like, what it would be. Like, Tart Side of the Moon, like, yeah, you you got to try this. We'll mm-hmm. go there. You have this beer. Eh, you don't need to have anything else. But let's go to this other place that, like, four of theirs, like, hey, they have an IPA, they have a stout, they have a porter, they mm-hmm. have a pale. They're all good. You got to try them. Like, yeah. what, what makes you go? Yeah. What's going to make you go to the movie theaters in 2015, Chris? What's going to make me go to the movie theaters is a movie that I never expected to come out or let alone something I would want to see. And this is Jurassic World because (laughs) Jurassic Park 2. It was horrible. Here's the thing. Walking out of that movie, I think I know how Paul felt walking out of The Last Airbender. Because I was just like, you don't use gymnastics to take out raptors. You don't use gymnastics to take out raptors. It was so ridiculous. When they were, when I found out that they were doing Jurassic Park 3, I was like, nope. William H. Macy? No, I don't care. They brought back Sam Neill, though. Don't care. Pterodactyls, don't care. Jurassic Park 2 kind of like ruined that franchise for me. I still haven't seen 3. But Jurassic World? That trailer for it is awesome. Like, the idea of, okay, there's a Jurassic Park that's up and running, and it's actually successful. And, you know, they're still playing God in the background. They've created, like, a hybrid dinosaur that escapes, goes crazy, and then Andy from Parks and Rec is teaming up with Raptors to stop it. Okay, you got me. You got me. That I can buy into. Until he uses gymnastics. Nope. What nope. if what if the raptors use gymnastics to take down this new dinosaur? Well, raptors are uh, natural gymnasts, so that's not a stretch. Also, only the size of turkeys. Yeah, they got really big in the movies. Yeah, uh, genetics. I, don't know, like, I didn't go into watching this trailer expecting to be wowed. Be wowed, but. There, there's enough here that makes me be like, okay, this is a movie that I'm going to see. Not just a movie that I want to see. Because a movie I want to see, like, eh, I can wait. I can net Netflix, Redbox. I can stream it. You know, whatever. I'll see it eventually. This is one that, you know what, I'm willing to put down my 10 bucks. I will gladly check it out. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely something I want to see. Paul? Avengers 2. Avengers 2. Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. It's coming out uh, May, right? May. Birthday weekend. Birthday weekend. Guaranteed to get to go. You you always see your birthday movies. (laughs) I see one. Basically, we made you go to see see Captain Captain America. America. But birthday weekend is always at least one visit to the movie theaters to see the Marvel movie that comes out on that first weekend of May. So luckily... Avengers 2 is coming out on uh, May 1st. Good, so. good job, Marvel, with your planning, because yes. Paul will see your movie now. Yes, now I will go see your movie. So, uh, do we really need to say anything more about it? No. Nope. Go ahead, no, Jim. I, I think, just nothing else to say about it, but yeah, like, I'm so excited for this. As much as I was looking forward to seeing Avengers when it came out, 
and then going to see it again. Like, Avengers, I was walking. Avengers, I was walking in. I'm like, hey, this is either going to be the best comic book movie that's been made, or the absolute best train wreck ever of like not being able to get all of these characters screen time and make it work as an actual movie. And then he walks out going. That end scene with all the action. Ugh, too long. Yeah, I got, I was disinterested. There was no stakes in it. There was no stakes. Like, the monsters. Earth! <laughs> no, because the, all that fighting didn't matter. You knew what the, the portal was the thing that mattered in that fight, and nobody was doing anything about it. Tony Stark did something about it. Yeah. At the very, after like 15 minutes of just like. Well, they gotta contain the aliens. Yeah. They didn't the really, tide, Paul. They didn't really do that. They had to destroy the city. Yeah, they did that. Um, and no, like, Chris was like, I'll show you how to destroy a city. Chris and I saw Avengers three times in the theater. Mm-hmm. I think all three times together and with other people. <laughs> but we went and saw it. I mean, I remember it was just, it was still up. And, like, we drove up, we got our comic books, and Chris was like, let's go see Avengers again. And I was like, yeah. And then we sat in the car reading comic books until the movie, until like it was time to go see the movie. Um, uh, my my other favorite time seeing that movie was the time that we were at Pizza Plant, and we were just like, "Hey, what are you doing later? <laughs> Nothing. What are you doing later? Nothing. Hey, Avengers is showing. Let's go see Avengers. <laughs> like uh, that was that summer movie that I was okay with, like spending thirty dollars on. Yes, spending that money to see it, knowing full well, like, in four or five months, I could own it. Yeah. And watch it whenever I wanted. But it was one of those movies where seeing it on the big screen was an event on its own. An event that I partook three times in. And I loved it just as much every single time. Yeah. And from the previews, this looks like it's going to have the same kind of appeal. Um, and something that I'm looking forward to that also stars Chris Helmsworth, Mm. uh, is Cabin in the Woods in the heart of the sea, uh, which is the new Ron Howard movie. The trailer looks amazing. This is the true story of the Essex whaling ship, um, that the story Moby Dick is based off of. Oh, uh, this looks (laughs) <laughs> just amazing visuals look so cool um period piece I period it. piece yep um but just the visuals of the whale of these men fighting this whale and losing uh everything about this just looks great ron howard is a fantastic director um when you see that his name attached to something it stands out it makes you go okay this is going to be something really good or it's the Grinch. Um, but, I mean, uh, you know, you got to find work for your brother somehow. <laughs> uh, I've been he... so good about biting my tongue about this. Because I really wanted to go Arrested Development when you were talking about it. <laughs> I'd be like, this is the story of a whaling ship. The <laughs> captain. The whale that brought it all together. Uh, yeah, this they, is... should, they should do a trailer like that. It'd be great. It would confuse Chris everybody. Bing, bing. And then you just like show a picture of um, the Bluth family. Captain Ahab was looking for a whale, and he was not having a good time. 
I am not having a good time. <laughs> and that's all I got. That's all you got? Yeah, I, I didn't hear everything else you were saying because I just wanted to think about, like, how <laughs> the episode would open. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. You should watch the no, trailers. It, it, it actually does. Because I didn't know this was, like, Moby Dick was actually based off of something. I thought it was just like, hey, I'm going to write a story about a whale. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Chris, your second movie? My third? second one? I'm Our looking third. at my list, and now I... Uh, I write things up to talk about, but then I always have too much to talk about, and then I'm like, hey, I'll just decide when, you know, Paul's given his pick. All right, then Star I'm Wars, The Force Awakens. Oh, I'm so invested in what Paul has to pick that I'm like, yes, that's a good pick. <laughs> Wait, is my turn? I, I heard you, but I'm going to keep going. Because, <laughs> okay. um, you know what? Because that is Christmas for me. That, no, that's Wars. Christmas for everyone. Yeah, that one's gonna be great. <coughs> do you want me to go, or do you want to do yours? No, no, go. I guess what else are we gonna say other than yeah, it's Star Wars. Of course we're gonna yeah. see it. It's gonna be awesome until it's <laughs> well, not, and then we'll hate it. But guess what? It was more Star Wars. So I, do we really I don't hate know. it that much? We'll talk about this tomorrow when we get to your pick. Uh, because I'm also looking forward to a sci-fi movie, and this is another Disney movie, live action. Uh, Tomorrowland, directed by Brad Bird. Yeah, I've I've seen this trailer like three times in the theater now and every time i see it i just i latch on Mm. i pay attention to it i'm always looking for something else in that quick little cut where you see the person with like the jetpack flying by or whatever it is i it's always too fast i don't catch anything but man i the, I want this to be is what Solaris was supposed to be for George Clooney. Is, is there more than just that teaser trailer? No. Okay. I um, doubt we'll get much more until, until the you get closer. Um, I think this is like one of those movies where they want to really just keep it kind of low key, let the buzz sell the movie itself. That like yeah, they'll definitely show something else, but it's just going to be like one of those like quick like hey, here's this crazy city. What's going on here? You don't know. You gotta find out tomorrow. Tomorrowland. Uh, what's really great is Brad Bird directing this mm-hmm. because he's a fantastic director. Invincibles, uh, Incredibles is probably my favorite. Invincible was the movie about the, uh, sports team, Paul? Yeah, the, the special teams wide receiver, uh, player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, not to be Force. not to be confused with the garbage kick uh garbage trash kicker uh by Tony Danza who played for the Eagles. Tony Danza? Tony Danza was in a sports team movie. Oh. Paul, that, that wasn't one of your picks for our favorite no, sports movies. No. Uh but but Incredibles is probably one of my favorite. It's my favorite Pixar movie. Um Mission Impossible oh, Ghost Mission Impossible Recall. Ghost Recon is probably the best. Yes. Uh Mission Impossible movie since the first one. Um, there's three of them in between there that all suck. That's millions of dollars <laughs> they could have just given to the poor. And they gave it to John Woo instead. Don't worry about it. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure well, you know, Tom one. Cruise gave his millions to Xenon. <laughs> so that's it, another crappy Disney movie. That's Zest, that Zestra. No. no. I, I like Zethura. No, not Zestra. Xenon. The... Teenage Space Girl? 
Yeah. No, yeah, no. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but this this movie well, does Paul, look... you kind of spoiled your pick already. Really <laughs> good. Star Wars. Yeah. Gonna be great. Uh, Red lightsaber. Fanboy. Fanboys lining Millennium up Falcon. Every, everywhere. Uh, I'm already in line. This is probably what I wanted the prequel trilogy to be. It looks awesome. I already have quit my job, and I'm now waiting in line in front of a movie theater to buy my ticket. I, uh, I am hopeless. <laughs> I'm and, so looking forward to this movie. I thought I was looking forward to like the prequels when they announced those, but I, I did not know what looking forward to something was until I had experienced the ultimate letdown of looking forward to something. Um, I, I cannot wait for these Star Wars movies, and I have a lot of faith in J.J. Abrams with this, solely because of the fact that Disney CEO Bob Iger took him aside at one point and was like, just so you know, this is a $7 billion movie. Because that's how much Disney paid for the Lucasfilm <laughs> assets in order to make this movie. So, wh- whatever you do for a living and, like, your daily stresses, just imagine, like, going into work every single day and being like, there's $7 billion riding on this. And and almost that many people who are going to go to this movie <laughs> and either shit all over it because you did it wrong or applaud you be like yes this is it you're actually right there are seven billion people in the world and they're all going to see star wars yeah and here's the thing too whether it's awesome or it's terrible i'll probably see it at twice because <laughs> <laughs> the first time you'll be scared. like i don't think it was as horrible as i thought it was <laughs> that's what's scary about you it. it come on jar jar isn't that bad he's that you know kid character i maybe i'm just being too old. Maybe on second viewing, he's a lot better. No. It's not... I don't know. It's not great. There you go. Uh, my third pick is something that I loved from a little kid, uh, and it is the Mad Max series. And the oh, new installment one. is coming. The trailer looks awesome. Mad Max Fury Road starring... Um, Tom Hardy and Charlie Theron. Charlie Theron looks like she could kick the shit out of you in it. She's got a shaved head. She's missing an arm. She's got like a robot claw thing that she's shifting gears with and she's poking your eyes out. Uh, <laughs> it looks totally badass. Wait, with her robot hand or with her nipples? Both. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Uh, okay. Paul and I'm, boobs. I'm sorry. That'll be a picture for <laughs> 2050. <laughs> Let me go note on that one. I'm drawing it tomorrow just to make sure it gets done. <laughs> there's, there's three pictures now from this episode. <laughs> I'm out of tears for that movie. <laughs> Charlie Theron's poking my eyes out. And uh, what was the third? I forgot. What was another one? Oh, uh, the uh, nerd, nerd to <laughs> your nerd testicle. testicle. Your testicle. Nah, that was the one. Tassels. Nerd <laughs> testicles. Uh, but uh, no, I love but I love Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, is one of those childhood movies <laughs> that I love, uh, and I can't wait for this movie. It looks awesome. 
No, this is actually one of those movies that I forgot about, even though we talked about the trailer on the show, because it looked awesome. Yeah. When's it coming out? Do you have the... Um, it's coming out in a couple months, I believe. It's a, I think it's a spring movie. Man. I, that, that gives me something to look forward to before any of the movies I pick, because they're all going to be summer. No. I know. All my video games are coming out, like, in summer. Ooh. Well, let's get into it. You can start. Uncharted, number four. Uncharted, number four? Uncharted, number four. PlayStation. PlayStation. I'm a big fan. Um, I've played two and three. Mm -hmm. Really, really enjoyed them. I think they're one of the best video game storyline games, acting in the games. Everything about these games are perfect. They're awesome. It does a, it does what it's supposed to do and it shows other games what they're doing wrong. Um they're fun, they're entertaining. They get complex, they have the puzzles, they have this or that. They have everything that a game should have. And if you're not doing what they're doing, you're doing something wrong. Well, that's the thing too like playing Uncharted 3 with the uh the big RZ. That was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. And just like that uh like stage where like the mansion or house is on fire and you have to escape from it and yeah. we all just kept failing miserably. <laughs> it, it's one of those just like video game moments where you're so fed up but you know, okay, you're done like you pass the control off to the next person. And you have those moments and like just my brother-in-law, my sister, Chris, and myself, we all sat around playing three together. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing with two with my brother-in-law and my sister. So everybody's playing. To, you're playing together. Whoa, watch out that. Do that. And when you are struggling to get through, like, that burning house, and then you're finally like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like, you have this little bit of an adrenaline rush because you're with these people and they're mm-hmm. all cheering you on. And you're like, I'm fucking walking on that beam. <laughs> I did it, guys! I did it! You know, or like you're all of a sudden you're uh, you're at this castle and everybody's just getting sniped, and you're you're, you're just like oh, every God, every two castle. seconds your head is blowing up, and everybody's that, like, working together to get you across that. It's so much fun, and it's such a great game that that con robber blah 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 blah, blah having everyone together cheering you on. Uh, it, it was that like walk up to the castle that like it oh, freaked yeah. me out, and um, it was like that slow approach where you know you're in the clear, but you're still like, oh god, yeah. Last time I had that experience is Resident Evil Four, playing it on the Wii with Greg, our friend Greg. Yeah, yeah. That's well, it's just yeah. tough on the and Wii that was because like... you actually had to like pretend you were walking with the Wii mode. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you had to pretend you were sw- uh, stabbing people with the Wii mode <laughs> with a knife. <laughs> oh crap! Um, I never gave my other movie. Oh, what was your other movie? Um, you can give your movies. It's it's not a number one by any means, but it's something I'm really looking forward to because it's a Pixar movie, uh, Inside Out. Hmm. Looks fun, Paul. You just put up the uh, trailer for it on the Bagboard Facebook. Yeah, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm not. See, I'm I'm not. Like I, I think I, I've loved all their movies, and I know you didn't appreciate Brave. Right. I thought Brave was flat. I thought the the uh, interpersonal relationships in Brave were just kind of one note and 
kind of like just like oh yeah this is a story that i've seen before this and is it's a disney, playing out the disney story yeah and it's not pixar and i'm like ooh right now in that trailer i'm like oh here's the dad joke here's the dad's not paying attention joke to the mom like ooh is this going to be lowest common denominator here or is it going to be something good hey it could come out and it's something great like incredibles or uh, yeah, you know what Brave should have been? How to Train Your Dragon and yeah. How to Train Your Dragon oh, 2. How yeah. to Train Your Dragon 2, fantastic. I don't know, I, I have complete and utter faith in Pixar. I, I really liked Brave. It's not my favorite Pixar movie, but I, I still if think... you want, if you want heart brought to your movie, you know what you do? What? You bring in Amy Poehler. Hmm. And that's what they did. That's what they did. I'm, I'm, this isn't part of the, uh, look forward, but, I'm really not looking forward to the ending of Parks and Rec. Did Baby's Mama really have that much heart in it? It did. Okay. I, did. I never saw it. I did. It, it, it did. But it wasn't good. I don't know, like. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Here's the thing. No you look at Amy Poehler and, like, just her. It's all about the character that she's playing. And. <laughs> when Lindsay, uh, nope, believes. Leslie. Sorry. I was fixing my power cable. Leslie Note believes in something. You as a viewer believe in it too. And you want to see her succeed. You put her in charge of a human's emotions. You are in for a roller coaster ride. That, that, that was my pick. Yeah. But yeah, uh, video what's, games. What's your pick you for, uh, your, for video games? This is where it actually gets really tough because I don't have that next generation system yet. And... Everything that's coming out is going to be on Xbox One or PS4 or a PC that I don't own because, you know, things can't run them. And we often talk about, uh, like, okay, this is the game that would make me upgrade my computer, make me buy one of those systems. And this was, I think, one of our talked about games when we did one of our E3 talks like last year. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight. That's my number one. My number because, one. Because, Paul, you like before the show, you were talking about how you June were playing Shadow of Mordor. Yep. And it was scratching that itch, and you didn't realize you know, how much you missed it. I, I never missed it, because I actually play like Arkham Origins. Hmm. And you were like, eh, it's the same game I've played before. It's it's going home again. Mm-hmm. It's what you want it to be. I can't wait. Yeah, but Shadows of Mordor is so much prettier. <laughs> I, I don't know, but can you drive around in the Batmobile? Nope. Nope, nope, I guess not. Does Batmobile have a whole thing about, like, turning into a tank and blowing shit up? <laughs> I'm yeah. excited for... Soak it, Middle Earth! I'm excited for Arkham Knight. I really am. It's uh, this is probably... June for second. It's like... Day I'm thinking about taking off from work. Uh, yeah. This is definitely the game that, like, if I were gonna do a midnight release again, mm-hmm. it would be this. Cause I think this was the last, number two was the last time yeah. I did an, uh, yeah, a midnight. midnight release. Um, so yeah, no, this would be the thing that, this is the game that's gonna get me to shit or get off the pot and get that next gen mm-hmm. system. Um, 
with the hacks, I'm kind of leaning towards Xbox now. PlayStation, yeah. But PlayStation, you won't be able to get the... With Xbox, you won't be able to get Drake's number four. I know, but I, but, but I hey. have those fun moments where I go over to my brother-in-law's and... Oh, you play it there. And I play it there, but I play it with that group setting that is kind of how I see playing that game. It makes getting through those difficult times Let better. me uh, throw out a game. Uh, have I thrown out a game yet? No? No. Uh, no other than Batman number... Arkham a little yeah. Bit. Arkham uh, being my number one. We've talked about Arkham before. Uh, but here's more. the thing now. Paul, you can pick another game because yeah. we've already talked about Arkham. Exactly. I'm going to pick uh, Tomb Raider. Ooh, good one. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Xbox exclusive coming out supposedly this holiday season. I wouldn't doubt it slipping to next year, though. Uh, but yeah. Microsoft said, nope, they're going to publish. Square Enix said, no, uh, Microsoft is going to publish this for us. Uh, they have exclusive rights. You might not get Drake's on uh, Xbox, but you'll get Tomb Raider. And talking about a Batman game that's an awesome Batman game, <laughs> Tomb Raider is an Tomb awesome Raider Batman game. Good. That was, uh, yeah, the original, the origin <clears throat> story one. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Was so good. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, that bow and arrow shit. Like, yeah. What, so three good. years ago now? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not two. Uh, two years ago. But it came out right at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite game. It came out the same year Arkham Origins came out. And I liked Tomb Raider a lot better than Arkham Origins. I, I like them I both. It, yeah, but I think... because They both scratch, like, different itches. I didn't like Origins at all. I said uh, Tomb Raider was the better Batman game of the, that year. I See, Origins, it, it was still a solid game. I, and I, you both faulted it for being more of what you had before. Well, it just didn't But you both feel loved right. what you it had before, it didn't, so it didn't I didn't understand why you didn't like it. Because it felt very boxed in and not as open. Because you went to areas. You went to places on the map. And you did things. It didn't feel like as an open game. It felt as... like somebody copying what you got See, from the I first would argue two that because book games. It felt... It's a much more open game because you have all of Arkham City to go to. And the only time you have to go into those other areas is when it's a smaller portion of the city that you're going into. If it's a building or like this quadrant of someone's mm-hmm. territory. You can go around all the city on its own with no loading. It, it's so much more open than you had in Arkham City. <clears throat> I don't like uh, to me. I don't. I didn't care about the more openness of it. Um, just it just felt like a pale comparison of those first two. Like, it didn't have... It was missing the heart of what the other two had. And uh, that's where I found fault with it. Now, is that because it wasn't like that Joker story? Is that the heart of what an Arkham game is for you? No. What do do you find the heart, is what I'm asking, I guess. the, The interactions, the play value, like, everything about... It just seemed like it was, you know, like in Multiplicity, where it was a copy of a copy of a copy, and it just was like, my name is Steve. 
Like you the, always bring it back to multiplicity. It's strange how much <laughs> that has happened. Mm-hmm. But like Batman Origins was like, hey, my name is Batman Origins. I'm not going to be as good as the other copies. Somebody needs to draw a picture of you sitting in front of a TV watching Multiplicity <laughs> and you just listening <laughs> off all the things it's like. <laughs> just on the side. Yeah. Oh, this is like Batman Origins. Oh, this is like Batman Begins. Oh, this is like... I like Michael Keaton movies. Yes. Uh, uh, what video games are you also liking in 2015, Chris? Uh, can I just ask before we move of back to me, how much of Arkham Origins did you both play? I got past the first boss fight. Okay. The yeah, Deathstroke, with, was it? Yeah. Okay. Sean? Yeah, I got about a quarter of the end of the game. But I was fighting tooth and nail to keep playing because I just did not like it. Okay. It's something that I do want to go back and play through it and just finish up just to make sure I have a full rounded opinion on it. But yeah. and, and like I enjoyed It didn't I, hook me and I'm yeah. surprised because I enjoyed the ones I'm like I couldn't put down. I enjoyed everything up until after the croc fight. After the killer croc fight, I thought the game it just it, I just it I I almost 100%ed two. Like, I had every single trophy. I did everything you could do in that game. I was obsessed with it. I went back and played two after getting Origins. Yeah, because you wanted to play a good Batman game? Because I got it, like, super cheap on Steam. (laughs) Uh. You get everything super cheap on Steam. Well, there was a humble bundle, so that's why. (laughs) But it just, like... Two was just so it was so, so great, good. and the Robin's the, Revenge was a little lacking, but but there's yeah, the, DLC like side missions or Harley's stuff. Revenge and it's Robin, yeah, yeah. See um, that I actually never played. It's a little weak because at that point I had already gotten rid of the game. But you do play as Robin. You uh, do, but I was able just to pay like the five bucks and I downloaded Robin so I could use him in like the uh oh, okay. the challenge map stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I cared about. Yeah, I got Nightwing to do that too. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yep. Did all that. Right. And then Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. Your next your next game though, Chris? Um This is another one that I really want to play because I enjoyed the first game in the series. And I feel like it's really fallen off the radar because it's not like a marquee franchise. Because that's really what Sells the video game systems now. It's a uh, Dead Island Two. Wait, isn't oh okay? So Riptide is not Dead Island Two. No, Riptide was a uh, DLC like add-on pack. It's almost like Dragon Age Awakening oh, okay. to Dragon Age Origins. Okay. Uh, yeah, I really liked the first one. I would be, I would probably be pretty excited about this one as well. Like, what really hooked me about the original Dead Island was, like, the similarities to uh, one of our favorite games, Left 4 Dead, which I've been meaning to ask you, did I leave my Left 4 Dead 2 game at the apartment? Not that I know of. Crap, because I wanted to play it the other day after we were, uh, like, talking about it on Facebook. I don't have <laughs> Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2 anymore. Oh, uh, did you trade are. those in? I 
I know I got rid of one because uh, they were rid of all the of them for two. You I cannot find two. You do that. You get rid of things all the time. You live in a throwaway world. But here's the thing. I usually remember getting rid of them, and Left 4 Dead 2 is not a game I would get rid of, because you know what? Guess what? It's sounds a whole like, lot of fun. Sounds like you did. I did not, because I don't know. I'll take an extra look, but... Here's the thing. I still have Bullet Witch. <laughs> that doesn't even play. Yeah, yeah. I still have it. Left 4 Dead, one of my favorite games. Dead Island, it, it, uh, it was it was so much fun, and it was... Yeah, it was... Left for Dead without that team play, but to an extreme. Like it was crazy. It, it. I hate to sound like this, but it's like what it would be if you were living through a zombie apocalypse. I mean, your weapons wearing down, having to fix them up, having to upgrade them, having to help people, having to you know do what you can, running and kicking a dude over. You know, everything about the game was awesome, and it did it so perfectly that yeah the sequel on a new system would look amazing and it would be worth your wild worth your time putting into it and as much as i enjoyed the first set island it kind of had its you know graphical issues like it was a good looking game but compared to something like far cry 3 oh yeah far cry 3 like such a fantastic game you give me a Dead Island game that plays as smooth as something like Far Cry and has the depth. Okay, yeah, you, you got me. Yep. No, I, I I'm completely 100%. there. Because the controls were kind of clunky for Dead Island. Like, using the analog sticks to attack instead of the like bumpers or shoulder buttons, like, a little weird at first. And it made it hard to get back into because... I stopped playing it for a little bit, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to get back into it and like finish up this game. And I felt so lost in it. Yeah, it takes a while to get back into it. It's not intuitive. I would agree with everything you said, 100%. Why, thank you. And would I agree with what your pick is? Star Wars Battlefront. Ugh. Uh, I've, I, I know lots of people who have been waiting for the next Battlefront game, and uh, this one uh, is it. This one's hopefully coming out. We've had these rumors before. We've had, you know, but we've seen, we've seen things. Oh, we've seen things before. Hopefully this is going to come out. I am praying upon praying that this game comes out. I this really... is not being done by Pandemic, because Pandemic was shut down. Yeah, they're so gone. Which, uh, what studio is doing this now? Do we... I don't remember. I, I think it's the same studio that's doing Battlefield, don't... Okay, so it's yeah. going to be 2K. It's not, so. two, it's not 2K. Uh, EA, EA does Battlefield? Okay. EA does Battlefield. So. Okay, uh, so... I could easily look this up right now. I have the internet. It's okay. I'll it look is it 2015 up. I'll look it right now. Uh, but uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 was an awesome game. People are still like playing it online. Um, and to have a higher res, to have everything Dice. better. So, yeah. Dice, Dice, Dice. Yeah. They yeah. do Battlefront, and they also did uh, one of my favorite games, uh, Mirror's Edge. Oh, yeah. And Mirror's Edge 2 will be coming out soon. Oh, nice. Is that your pick? No. Oh. 
Uh, so, so Star Wars Battlefront. It's my honorable mention, though. Look it up. Uh, check it out. It's going to be great. Yeah, even everything that they were showing off from the original sequel to Battlefront 2 that they were working on and then got scrapped, where it was like, no, you're running around on a planet, you know, shooting at stormtroopers, and then you run over to the spaceport, you jump in a spaceship, and then you fly up, and then you're seamlessly in, like, a dogfight, like, taking out Star Destroyers. We never got that game, and I hope they deliver it with this one, because... I loved everything about Battlefront and Battlefront 2. And that's just like the planet side gameplay, unlocking heroes and like running around with Chewbacca, like shooting people. I like the dogfighting. I liked going mm-hmm. from like a spaceship to being on, you know, the Death Star and then shooting like stormtroopers, trying to take out shield generators and stuff, then jumping in like my spaceship again and flying across. Sorry, drop my mic. That's okay. That's how excited you are. I, I, I was understand. so excited, I was gesticulating and knocked the earphones out of uh, my face. I know, like, I loved so much of Battlefront. It, it's probably one of my favorite Star Wars games, and that's kind of a short list because Paul, I know you love like Jedi, uh, yep, Jedi uh, Outcast or Jedi Knight. Called. Yep, uh, Battle- like, you love the like, yeah. TIE Fighter games, like Dark, yeah, X-Wing games. Was Dark Forces, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight, uh, Dark, well, then it became Jedi Knight Outcast, and then Jedi Academy, then KOTOR, and KOTOR 2, and, well... And then Star Wars Republic. Galaxy. And Star Wars Galaxy. Oh, that was an awful <laughs> game that I just left on micros and just played. I had the computer play for me. Yeah, yeah I remember that. <clears throat> I, I remember those days where, like, going over to Paul's house, and it's like, Oh, hold on, I gotta do this in the game. Oh, do you, do you need to stop and play? It's like, no, I have a macro. Yep. <laughs> um, Just digging. Like, when it comes to Star Wars games, like, Battlefront, Jedi Power Battles, and then, like, Super Empire Strikes Back on the SNES. Like, those are my Star Wars games. Yeah, Force Unleashed. Wasn't that it? Uh, Force Unleashed, I played during that 24 hour gaming. Yeah. I no. What was? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Jedi power battles. Yeah. That was yeah, on Force Unleashed. Was really, yeah. really yeah, good. That was I good. Forgot about that one. That was great. With, uh, Star Killer. Yeah. I I actually really liked both of those games. Yeah. I never. They played didn't the make an impact one. on me though. Apparently. No. Yeah. Mm. Paul, your Paul, last what game. What made an impact on you though? Uh, this game I haven't played number two yet, but uh, I loved the first one, and it's The Witcher. The Witcher three, uh, The Wild Hunt. It was going to come out this year. Also got pushed back, just like Batman. Uh, this one got put, is pushed back to May 19th, so right around my birthday. Uh, and they're promising an, a huge, huge open world to just mess around with. They're comparing it potions. to Dragon Age. Yeah, or, um, yeah, Skyrim. Skyrim and Dragon Age are the two closest comparison for this for this game, and it's. Uh, I don't. It's. I know the second one came out on Xbox. But this is a PC role-playing game when as as PC role-playings get because this is like you can go really deep with its uh, mechanics and everything, uh, leveling up the your character. Uh, I'm very excited to see where they go with this uh, franchise. So, uh, and it's it's quite a beautiful game too. 
I've I've never played any of these games, oh, but they've good. kind of been on my list because <laughs> this is the kind of gameplay that I like. Um, like your Bioware, <laughs> your Bethesda type. Like, hey, here's a world. Just M- make a character. There you go. Yep. Go through and like, it. there's a story there, and if you want to play it, cool. But it, if you don't, like, there's plenty of stuff to keep you occupied until you mm-hmm. decide, like, oh, l- let me do the thing that I'm supposed to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, was this radical entertainment? Uh, I, uh, I know. I'm not sure who's I on it. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember. I don't have Steam open which is because you know. Why don't you have Steam open? Because You're Paul. when I'm doing a podcast, Steam is a is a is a uh, mistress that I cannot ignore when she has sales upon my shores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I think that's games for everyone. John, did yeah. you give your? No, that's all. That's all. All the games. So well, let's let's start to wrap this up with. It, it our, sounds like this is going to be the death of uh, 2015. Then yeah, uh, our death pools last year. Uh, Chris picked Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill before knowing that you know episode seven was going to be a thing. Uh, and they are still alive. Justin yep. Bieber and Mike Ditka, Paul. Yeah, still alive. Uh, Mike Ditka, that was my choice. Brendan oh, Fraser and Gene Wilder. Still alive. No points. Um, I have 73 points in our death pool. Paul has 18 with his Dick Clark pick. And Chris has got zero. I have never made a good pick in this. You have not. You pick really bad ones. So why don't you pick your first one? It's just because, like, I can never think of someone. And I always just pick on the uh, flyer. Like John Lithgow, like two years ago. <laughs> I I don't think I'm enough of a celebrity watcher mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this guy not not gonna last. I uh, there was a scare about Betty White dying She's this past been year. Picked like two years ago, right? She I was think picked. Betty picked was Betty White was picked. Oh crap. Do you need some? We'll, we'll come back to you. Yeah, come uh, come back to me. I gotta okay. think. I'm gonna pick him before he dies because everybody's thinking he will before his last book gets published, and that is J.R.R. Martin, uh, writer of the Game of Thrones uh, franchise. So his last book is apparently due out any time now, as soon as he finishes it, and everybody's kind of worried that he'll kick it before. Can I ask finished. why people think he's going to die? Is he just old, or... He's old and he's overweight. And how, how old is he? Uh, old enough I to have that long, gray beard. I think he's, like, late 60s, 70s. Like, people just think he's going to die because Stan he's, Lee just turned, like, 92. Yeah, like but Stan Lee's a fit is a fiddle. Uh, well, my favorite thing is they asked, they asked uh, Martin about, like fan saying like they're worried that he's gonna die before he finishes age his 66 and that's not uh old yeah but that's why i'm picking him because he'll get me some, oh points, some points on the death pool and you know nobody would be surprised no you could start if you want to start an internet rumor that he died i think everybody would click on it it's it would be great no. clickbait so look for that for our uh our april fool's day episode <laughs> The Bag of the Mordcast. Chris, you got something? I, I do not. I'm still just... Like, I didn't realize he was that old, I guess. 
but I still think that's not that old. It's so. not that old. I mean, my dad's 63. All right, well, I'm going to go. Every year we try to pick a wrestler, uh, and I'm going to go Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> Picked him. Uh, you know, you hang out with snakes too long, you're going to die. You mess with a snake, you get the fangs. Yep. Chris? Um, okay. Um, I know Abe the Goat is a like, he's been, celebrity. Always. He's been he's picked. He's still alive. He's and been he's picked. not going to die. Uh, he was, like, first year, I believe he was picked. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, say Ed Asner. All right, Ed Asner. He's still alive, right? Yep. I was going to say, like, Scott was usually the person that would be like, no, he he's already dead. <laughs> no, he's he's alive and kicking. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like he's really old. Yeah. But not as old as... All right. You guys ready for my next one? Really young. 28. Turning 29 this June. Shyla LaBeouf. <laughs> the guy's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit here. And, uh, you know, he's no longer can be Sam Wicknicky or whatever his name was in the Transformer series. So, you know what? Why not? He's not famous anymore. He's not famous anymore. He does so, have a bunch of movies that he's coming out, yeah. even though he's... Nymphomaniac is one of them, right? Those are both have come out. Oh, okay. Then I have no idea what movies are coming out. No, he was in Fury this year with uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. Um, but he's doing performance art now? He was, like, over the summer when he had his big meltdown. Uh, so, yeah, he's had... Meltdowns and everything, so I think uh, I, I I think Shia LaBeouf, he's your yeah, pick. He's my pick. You know, I don't wish him harm, but <laughs> go ahead. We've done the Amanda. We've done the Amanda Bynes. We've done uh, the only celebrity that was like this one's on our way out was Amy Winehouse to give me that seventy three lead. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, you got somebody? Uh, we're doing pick number two. Number two. I'm gonna go Macaulay Culkin. I, I see the Pizza Underground not being what he wants it to be uh, way too much, and yeah, this is his, his year. All right, good one. Th- thank you. Uh, just because of his crappy life, not because robbers try to break into his house. Does he even live in a house? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he probably has a loft. No. John, who's your, who's your pick, Mr. Lead? Uh, I'm going to go Sam Simon, uh, co-creator of The Simpsons. Okay. Why? Why? What? Sam Simon. Why? Oh, how old is he? 60 to 66, somewhere in there. Is he, like, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding. 59. Is he, like, a, a person? Like, what? why him over... Almost because like you normally pick like you know like Artie Lang like someone recognizable like uh he's why, why showrunner of the Taxi um Sam Simon he's been huge in charity uh he's been a huge so is Jerry Lewis oh I think we picked Jerry Lewis already did we yeah oh Sam's I mean he's he created Mr Burns 
Like he's a he's a guy. He's a big name. I I never knew that. Hey. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Schorn wrote in an online article that Salmon was perhaps the renaissance man of the baffling uncertain age we live in. That was from Wikipedia. Ooh, Ooh renaissance man. Next year, Danny DeVito. I'm surprised you guys don't know, at least you, Chris, don't know Sam Simon. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever heard that name or taken note of it on the... Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, he's a uh, boxing manager, credits. philanthropist, writer, producer, and director. Age fifty nine. Yeah. Oh, is is that all of our picks? That's all of our picks. I have them all written down. I've logged them. They're in the machine. They're in the machine. So let's let's hope we can uh, seal the deal. I want some. I want six years, Chris. I want some. I want some points on this for you. I I just make terrible picks. I guess. I really I got mean, what, 17 here, here's the thing. 18. If you're a celebrity and I've picked you for the like the death bill, you know you got at least not like three years ahead of you. <laughs> you extended Stan Lee's life by like four years, though. So. And you're Betty welcome, White. everybody. Betty White also, man. Like you picked her, and then she had a career again. <laughs> yeah, she like <laughs> boomed. Like, like uh, I picked Betty White. Then the other broad from Golden Girls dies that year. She gets a sorry, recurring sorry, role sorry, on Hot Planet Hand. Yeah. She, no. You pick you pick Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and they're starring in Star Wars. <laughs> Betty White's hot in Cleveland. You got people in Star Wars. You got so I'm excited for what's going to be happening with your picks this year. Macaulay Culkin oh. coming back. He's big. coming back. He's going to be the dad in the new Home Alone franchise now. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's going to be the new take on Taken. It's going to be a children's <laughs> style Taken where he leaves his kid home alone. He's on the I've... phone with him and describes how to take down these villains. Do you have any micro machines? Dad, what the hell is that? Shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go the opposite route. I want to see Macaulay Culkin as one of the wet bandits. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to break into the house and then just like... Getting on the level with the kid. I was in your shoes once. <laughs> oh, My man. It would be great me. where, like, the wet bandits, they create the house of traps for the child. Ooh. You're flipping it. Flip it. You got to flip it. It's called I, Seesaw. So, <laughs> so Christmas, Christmas special next year, Home Alone 4? <laughs> Maybe. Let's write it down. Please, oh. please write it down because we always talk about our. Next Christmas special. Never do anything about it. We didn't know Until how to work Salmon Cat into a special. <laughs> Until a week before, and it's like, hey, we got to start writing this, guys. Yep. And then we did. And if we you love... Also, we also need to make sure that there isn't actually a Home Alone 4 already. <laughs> and if you love writing things, you could write us a rating and review over on the iTunes. We love reading them. We love receiving them. Almost as much as you love listening to this podcast. Paul actually likes it more than recording the podcast. Yes, I actually do. That's true. And while you're online on your computer, make sure you follow us over on Facebook or one of our multitude of social media websites. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. We're on Instagram. You found the show. You know how to find us online. Bag and board. <laughs>